0: This is a Clock Shelves Podcast Network production. and welcome to another episode of lost with friends we're getting near the end it's arguably the last regular episode we're probably gonna have so for this big episode i had to bring in the big guns the big guests welcoming back to the show go ahead and reintroduce yourselves everybody
1: hey it's bill kava how you doing
2: hi this is wayne aka the guy
3: (laughs) i'm tracy
0: Welcome back to the show, everybody. Uh, we're discussing what they died for today. What do we think of this episode? Of course, at the time of this recording, we were just talking about it very briefly this whole, uh, coronavirus thing is going around so the the what we're discussing is kind of ironic given the title but this Mm -hmm. episode very much uh previous episode of course was across the sea a bit of a a break in the normal uh storytelling thing what do we think of what they died for because a lot has happened very recently on the show
1: yeah oh my gosh it's just it's one of those episodes where you just want to watch it for like six hours you want it to you know you Every time there's a commercial break, because I was watching it live, of course, at the time, you were like, kept looking at the clock going, no, no, it can't be 9.40 already. You know, it was like, you just wanted to keep going. Uh, so much was happening.
2: Yeah, it's like, basically, this episode is the one that answers, like, all the big, like, the big questions of the show. Like, the entire, the entire series, what it was about, why they were brought to the island. You know, I mean, this is, like, the one that provides, like, the, like, the, like, basic the most basic answers to like, that everyone wanted to know about wraps up a bunch of things. Um, yeah, it has some great lines in it, too.
0: Yeah, I, f- I would agree. Like, this episode very much gives a lot of the answers, and it wasn't until I kind of went back because normally when I'm watching i i'm just binging so i'm just going from one right to the other right to the other whatever and then you know the disc ends and then i gotta put the next disc in and that's pretty much the main break that i that i get so normally for me this episode except for you know like bill mentioned earlier you know watching it live originally but for the most part this episode for me kind of blends right into the finale almost because it has that moment you know not just the end but just kind of what all happens towards the end and knowing we're getting there you just want to march right on to that next episode so it's it was interesting to see almost from a different perspective sort of what this episode actually has in it because a lot of times i forget sort of where some of those actual breaks are so yeah this one very much is a lot Mm of sort of mythological uh fundamental answers in that way
2: yeah i kind of feel like a lot of like Pretty much every with every season, like the penultimate episode of every season kind of feels like it's like the the prelude to the finale. Like it's part of the the, the season finale. And I feel the same way about this episode.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. That happens a lot with series. They seem to make that penultimate episode the, the most important episode. I mean, the, the finale is great in its own sense in most of these, uh, these endings, these series. But everybody points out to the penultimate episode for some reason. And they really, they always stack it. I mean,
2: yeah, yeah. up in the finale, so it is just like you know you're just watching to see to see what happens right, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, yeah, because the I mean, especially like for our characters, you know, the finale has a lot of major moments, but this one, even more so than across the sea, which is basically a giant, hey, here's a lot of mythology. I feel like this one answers maybe not mythology in terms of like, what is the monster and all of that, but more the, I don't quite know how to say it, but like the reason that the characters are there, like Jacob finally tells them flat out, like why they're there, which is kind of a mythology thing. It's kind of a character thing. It's like a half and half, but, and then the, the finale of course is mostly just, how they all wind up and how it all gets wrapped up in a neat bow. Whereas this one kind of does the thing that a lot of people wanted, which is it answers a lot of the questions.
1: Mm -hmm. Yep. Which, and some of the answers you went, really, that's it. (laughs) Particularly (laughs) the scene, you know, the scene around the fire. I mean, I I felt when he was answering some of those questions, I was like, really? It's less mythological than I thought it was.
0: Yeah, I am I mean, it's taken me a little bit, and I, I've spoken about it before on the podcast, how I sort of came into the show wanting a lot of the mythology, you know, like, w- I mean, obviously we got the answers, but like, what is the island? What is this smoke monster? What is sort of this coincidence or fate or whatever you know like all of these these things you know we see all of these ancient symbols and everything on the island and all of that and like that's very much what I wanted to know and you know we got a lot of those answers it took me probably my first full meaning from pilot to the end rewatch which was probably about six months after the show ended, I I did my first full rewatch, but it took Mm -hmm. me probably then before I realized like, okay, I get it from the characters thing. Like from, Mm -hmm. so like I would, I would agree that that campfire scene, you know, of course we'll get to it, but it's very much, it's a little underwhelming from that mythological point of
1: view. Yeah. It seemed to be by the end, it was more, uh, the reason why Kate wasn't chosen was more, more of a guideline than a rule, actually. And it was, seemed like something like that. You know, It's like, uh, you know, because you're a mother. Well, if you want to be, you can be. You know, it was more like very flexible at that point. It wasn't very mythological.
0: Oh, don't get me started on
1: the <laughs> rules, the concept of the rules. That's exactly. <laughs> uh huh. But we can get there. We'll get there when we get there, I guess.
0: Well, starting out, we start out in The Flash Sideways with Jack in his apartment, and he looks in his bathroom mirror, and once again, of course, the use of mirrors, a very big thing in the final season, and he sees a strange bit of blood on his neck and isn't sure about it, and a moment later, he and David greet each other, with David having made breakfast, but Jack comments that opening cereal isn't the same as making breakfast, David asks him if he's going uh, to the concert tonight, which Jack confirms, before asking if David's mother is coming too. David says that she is, and he wants to make sure the situation won't be weird, and especially that Jack won't make it weird. Claire then joins them with David offering her some cereal. When Jack asks how she's feeling, she mentions that the baby kicks like crazy at night. His, uh, the phone then rings with Jack answering and he's informed by someone claiming to be an Oceanic rep that they have found the missing cargo and it'll be arriving in L.A. by the end of the day. Jack is surprised and excited and thanks the man. The man apologizes that it took so long before we see that the man is Desmond.
1: Yeah, I didn't recognize his voice at first. I, I didn't. Yeah, I, until they showed his Face, I didn't recognize his voice, but they've done that on the show in the past with like ben when Ben's talking off camera and then you don't know it's him until he's on camera so
0: but upon re-watching I'm always like, how did I not realize it
1: yeah, well yeah even so when I mean the, the one the one example I can remember particularly is when um when Ben was sewing up Saeed, um I guess what season five or the end of season four I forget but um sowing up Saeed in the veterinarian place and he's talking to him and you're like, who is, you know, and it's Ben, but they, I think they must've played with his voice a little bit because he really didn't sound like him to begin with, but
2: yeah, they modified his voice, put some reverb on it. And yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't know. I like the, and I mean, we could get into it now. We could get into it a little later. Like Bill, you mentioned about, uh, you know, kate being a mother there's this theory i don't know if i've talked about it with you guys but there's a theory out there that uh you know we we find out about about david's mother right within the context of the uh the sideways we find out in the finale who it actually is but there's this theory out there and i'd like to get your guys opinion that I know. have you you guys you know the theory i'm about to say don't you wayne
2: we have been talking about it before.
0: <laughs> okay. So there's a bill. I don't know if, if, if we, I've talked to you about it or, or if you've yeah, heard it um, or whatever, right. but, uh, so there's a theory that in, I don't remember what it's the It's like right before they get back on the three sixteen flight, right? Jack and Kate spend a night together. And the joke is that, um, Jack didn't necessarily have enough time to grab protection. Uh, Kate flies off at the end of the show and perhaps had a child, right? Because Mm -hmm. in the sideways, Jack has a child. And for the most part, None of the characters that are in the sideways are created. David is one of the only characters that's seemingly created. The rest of it seems to be populated by real life people, or at least seem to be real life people, depending on on how you view the sideways. David is one of the few that's sort of a creation. But this concept is, what if he's not? What if he's actually Jack and Kate's child but because Jack needed the whole fatherhood thing in the sideways he kind of created this version of David because the joke is he has really dark hair he has a lot of freckles and you know whatever so that's sort of this this ongoing theory with with regards to David in the sideways
1: it's it's very creative theory i um thinking about it cuz as you were talking i'm like well, why was there a David, you know? I mean, yeah, you said, because Jack had to deal with fatherhood issues, but it didn't necessarily need to be a downspout father issue. I mean, he could have dealt it, you know, with his actual father. Um, But to be a father, I mean, I like that. Yeah. I could see it.
2: Yeah, I just, I mean, I mean, I could, I understand the theory, you know, I'm like, yeah, maybe Kate did have a child, but, you know, I don't I don't think David is like has like anything to do with that because like, I mean there is a scene in in the finale where, you know, in the flash sideways where, you know, David and Kate sit at the same table. So, you know, if that was, you know, if that was Kate's son, you know, she'd recognize him. Mm-hmm.
0: See, I don't know, though, because if it's that weird thing of if, you know, for for all of them, right, all of our, you know, main characters, the ones that end up in the church, whatever, they're most important time of their lives were with these people. Right. Cause like people make the argument that why was son pregnant? You know, why did, why was Aaron still a baby? Like we saw Aaron grow up. We assume we like to assume at least that Yan grew up and whatever, like those two characters fully had their own lives. But in the concept of the sideways, they were reduced back to being babies. So if you want to go with the perspective of the most important times in their lives, unfortunately, and I know it sounds horrible, maybe David or whatever his real name might have been in in the regular timeline, if we're going with a concept that this kid existed, maybe he wasn't as important to Kate as the island time and people were. I know that sounds horrible, but, you know, maybe.
1: Hmm. So did, were you saying that you think in the sideways that they all were born in the sideways and lived a whole lifetime there or it kind of just okay. manifested itself midstream I, somehow?
0: I don't I – don't, at one point I did think that. And then there mm-hmm. was another point where I thought that the sideways wasn't created until the last of them died or, you know, whether that be Hurley or whoever, but I don't know. I I just, I feel like it's, it's because they mentioned, you know, time doesn't really exist. I I don't know when the sideways was created or, you know, how it was created. Like, I don't think that necessarily matters because, you know, like in the finale, we see Juliet use the same line that she uses in the uh, season six premiere so, like, when does any of that... But, like, Jack hasn't died yet, but yet he's still somehow... That You know what I mean? Like, it's a weird thing right. because, like, time doesn't quite exist.
1: Yeah, because I looked at it more of, like, a flash-forward than anything else. I mean... What's so, who died next? What, Ana Lucia or Libby died first? Like, who was the first one to die that would be in the flash sideways? Um, uh, Libby? Boone. Or Ana Lucia, right? Or... Boom. Boom. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So.
2: I mean, plus Desmond visited the flash sideways while everyone else is still on the island. hmm.
0: Which I mean, we I believe it was uh, Mike and Steve. I did that episode with where we kind of questioned, like, does that mean that Desmond temporarily died? On the island, you know, to 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 visit the Flash sideways, it's like a really weird thing. And like, so going with that theory of Boone was the first one to die, and I I brought this up, I think, at the beginning of season six. Does that mean that Boone existed in this world, this sideways world, and had he searched for as long, you know, whatever, he would have never found. Jack, let's just say, because Jack wasn't there yet. So did the sideways exist before all of them exactly died or did it not happen until the, whoever the last one, like I said, maybe Hurley or whoever, did it not create itself or did it not exist until the last one of them died or what? I feel like, and I've said it many times over the course of, of season six, the problem is if you pull it too many of these strings, the whole concept of the sideways sorts sort of falls apart. <laughs>
1: yeah. I, mean, I have my own theory too, that I've always, since the beginning of I mean, it's probably a better conversation for the next episode, but I'll throw this out there anyway. But, but I always saw the sideways as each individuals moving on. So what we saw is Jack's moving on, right. And the people that he moved on with now, another sideways world, as Hurley moving on, he'll have his mother there, right? He'll have a whole. He might have a whole. He might have all of them also, but he might have somebody else there that wasn't with that group. Charlie would have his own moving on in another world. So with with you know his brother there maybe.
2: I thought about that. I thought that too. The only um argu- only argument against that is just the fact that Christian says all those people in the church are real.
1: Mm, yeah. Real to Jack, I mean, real, real to his world. I but. mean,
0: I can see it. I, I don't because, like, I I think, and I've said it before, I, I think that a lot of the people that didn't move on weren't real in terms of. Uh, I, I've said it before. Like, I think Widmore wasn't the real, like the like Widmore and Desmond were like best friends in the sideways, right? Mm-hmm. Well, Desmond we know is real because like he ends up in the church and whatever, but he doesn't necessarily, or Widmore doesn't move on. Like Widmore doesn't need to have the awakening moment because he doesn't move on. But somebody else pointed out, well, how do you explain Ben? Ben had his awakening, but didn't move on with the rest of them. I don't have an answer for that but I don't mm-hmm. like I don't think Kimi that died I don't think that's the real Kimi and I've said it before and people who are listening are probably sick of me saying it but I'm going to say it again there's this concept that when you dream and you see people those are faces that you've really seen in real life because the brain cannot create the concept of faces So like you could like be driving down the street or walking through the supermarket and see someone and your brain will store that face and use it in a dream or, you know, whatever one day. So those are all real people. So I think to kind of populate this sideways world, they collectively or however you want to figure it out, they used these faces or these, you know, people that they already knew, like Kimi, Widmore, Mikhail, so on and so forth.
1: And, and we just prove the greatness of this show because we can all have different interpretation, uh, interpretations of this sideways world, and it sounds great. Um, it's such, it's hard, you can't rationalize any of it because it's really a fantasy place, right? So it's really hard to rationalize anything that's going on. It's just what you believe, and I think that's what's great about the whole concept of the show, how they put it together.
0: I could not agree more. I've said mm-hmm. from the very beginning, in my opinion, that's one of the great things that makes this show. To me, it's mm-hmm. one of the great things that makes this podcast, if I'm going to be a little selfish about it. But...
2: <laughs> yep. And yet in the flash sideways, they were able to create a serial called Superbrand. Yeah. <laughs> uh... <laughs>
0: Uh, back in the regular timeline, at the beach, Jack is stitching Kate's gunshot wound. He mentions how the bullet went right through, but he still needs to sew it up or it'll get infected. She's clearly in a bit of pain as he apologizes, and she tells Jack about Jin and Son's daughter, Yan, and how Jin had never even met her yet. She also comments how Locke did this and they need to kill him, and Jack agrees. And I just, I love that moment because that's what at least the second time I can think of offhand. And I know this time it isn't the real Locke, but where Jack is just like determined, I need to kill Locke. Like, of course, the first time being right after Boone's death and now this time. And, you know, I like Locke. I'm a, a Locke fan, especially more than a Jack fan. Everybody knows I'm not a big Jack fan, but I just love that sort of moment with Jack.
2: I means a whole different thing this time and like now he i mean now he actually means it and he's serious about it and like you know we can agree with it yeah, yeah. He's reacting out of anger but you know this time he has he has like a real reason to want to kill this person that he's referring to as Locke
0: uh, so okay so um what do you guys think about that let's let's take a moment really quick and and talk about that what do you guys think about the the whole over the course of season six, over the course of season five, I get it because they didn't know, but over the course of season six, not only the characters, but the writers as well, just kept referring to him as Locke, whenever he, he was in that form. Do we mm-hmm. like it? Do we not like it?
1: Um, it worked. I mean, we knew who we was. they were talking about. We knew it wasn't, you know, air quotes, John Locke anymore. Um, but,
2: yeah, it would have sounded weird to, you know, give him like some of the, the names the fans gave him like, you know, like flock or unlock or, or forget some of the other ones. But
1: right. They, yeah. they were going to call him MIB. They never saw him in black. So they never saw the MIB.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, you go with the movies. The MIB makes sure you never see them. They have that little neuralizer thing. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well okay so very quickly i I briefly discuss well not briefly I discussed it for a little bit of course and across the sea because how do you not what do you think about the fact that no matter whether he's in the form of Locke or in the you know Titus Welliver form or whatever he never gets a name man in black i, oh. I
2: what's
1: that I thought it was Barry not <laughs>
0: <laughs> I personally dislike it i i um, Brianna mentioned uh, that she liked it because it kind of goes along with the this thing in like literature and whatever where somebody is so evil or so hated that you don't speak their name. You know, whether like I immediately my mind went to uh, Voldemort in Harry Potter or like when people change their name and you know like in Star Wars. You know, like I but I'm just like I wish because it's so. I don't want to say convenient. It's just frustrating that the entire time it's, it's almost to a certain point. It's like they went out of their way to not give him a name after a certain point.
1: Well, I think it goes back to the root of his issues of being felt, you know, like number two son the whole time and not giving him a name was even more of a kick to him, I guess. And that kind of stuck. And, it gives him more of a uh, the reason for his personality and the reason for what he's doing is the fact that he never even had a name
2: As far it, it, it would have been weird to suddenly give him a name at this point
0: I mean yeah, I agree, but like like I said, I feel like at a certain point they just sort of went out of their way to not give him a name like when they when when the mother not Allison Janney but um Claudia says I didn't choose another name. And then they just, they constantly say him and he, and all this other stuff. I was taking my notes for that episode. And I, like I've made a joke um, that at the beginning of it, where I said, Hey everybody, here's a drinking game. Uh, every time I have to avoid trying to say a name for this character, or just refer to him as Jacob's twin, Jacob's brother, the man in black, the boy in black. I'm like, take a drink because it happens a lot. Cause it's so frustrating. <laughs>
2: I don't know. I, th- I think it's an interesting, uh, interesting, interesting concept that they, that they kind of. I don't know, like when they decided that they were never going to give him a name, but mm-hmm. I, I think it's, it's kind of, it made kind of an interesting concept, and you know, kind of like highlighting it and across the sea the fact that oh, he never did have a name, and then now we're just going to kind of go with it. Mhm.
1: Did Sorya give him any good names throughout that season after he met him? He must have. <laughs> they were not remembering.
2: Smoky at one point. Did he call him Smokey? Yeah. That's great.
0: I feel That's like so at fun. one point he said something about, like he said like the SOB masquerading as Locke. Was that him? Maybe. Maybe.
2: Mm-hmm. I remember. Um, Some other characters called him that thing. Mm-hmm.
0: Actually, Sawyer, I believe said that as well when they were heading to the submarine um, in one of the previous episodes, I think he said to, to Jack about getting that thing in the water.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right.
0: So a bit later, Hurley, Kate and Sawyer are looking out to the sea, stricken with grief over the loss of their friends. Kate leans on Sawyer's shoulder before Jack joins them and comments how they need to get going. Curly is curious where, and Jack reminds him that before Saeed died, he said Desmond was in a well, and Locke wants Desmond dead. Therefore, they need him. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, you know, I I understand you guys weren't really featured that much earlier in the season, so I'm going to ask, what do you guys think about this thing? I mean, we'll get super into it, of course, in the finale. But kind of that return of Desmond and... We mentioned briefly, you know, that he traveled to the Sideways and all that sort of stuff. Desmond, after being kind of, I don't want to say dormant, but he didn't really have that big of a of a part. It, kind of most of season five and kind of the first half of season six. Even though he's not really featured, his arc kind of picks up a lot here towards the end.
1: Oh yeah, I just want to go back real quick. The uh, Jack sewing up Kate was a great call, back to the pilot, I thought. Oh, yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I made, made a note of it. I think this is Jack's very last act as a doctor.
0: Okay. Really?
2: I haven't, like, looked it up to confirm it, but I'm pretty sure it is.
1: Huh. Uh... But yeah, he was the package the whole time. I mean, we—that was the question for a week. Well, back in the days, we had to watch it. The package. Who's the package? Um, there was a lot of things. There was—wasn't there a name on the wheel that everybody thought it was this person that was on the wheel, the lighthouse wheel? I think there was speculation about. Oh, I can't remember the name. It was a name I've never heard this. Yeah, it was a name. It was like—was it number? Uh, was it one oh eight? 108's name and that oh. was that's who the package was or
2: Yeah, I guess some some fans like took a screenshot and they found like there was a name next to num- number 108.
1: Yeah, and that was gonna be the one in the sub, you know. I mean it was I guess it was percentages it was gonna be Desmond, but there was like I said, speculation that it was this number one oh eight guy. But... do we know yeah. who is
0: number one oh eight? It was Let's just
1: get... a name that never really
2: it there, but it never came up, like and never actually came up in the show.
1: Right.
0: Huh. Uh oh, by the fl- way,
2: this yeah, I just want to point out this the scene where you know, they have like Jack, Hurley, Sawyer, and Kate just kind of standing on the beach, and they have uh there's like a callback to uh, like Michael Gecino's music, like the the first theme song that played on the in the pilot, like right after the plane crash. And it's kind of like and it makes you reflect on that and, you know, recall that and like, here we are like on the beach again. But these are the only four people left.
0: That's mm-hmm. I mean, it's been talked about a lot over the course of this podcast series, and I, I just talked about it again a few episodes ago, and I'll talk about it forever. Michael Giacchino's music amazing on this show can never say a bad thing really about it i mean there's one or two things that people have pointed out where it's like oh was that really the right musical cue for this particular moment or whatever but as an overall thing i think it was fantastic i think how you know certain things like you just said wayne like things are you know called back and and whatever i think it's it's pretty much always right on and like we Mm -hmm. said because this is Not saying the finale isn't the finale, but because this is really the last regular episode. And, you know, like Bill just mentioned, the sewing scene, very reminiscent of the, or, you know, at least, uh, yeah, reminiscent, I guess, of the pilot meant to make us think of the pilot. And the whole season was, you know, very much a, a callback to season one. So having those four on the beach and have that music play sort of in this last regular episode i i like it
2: yeah
1: it's just it just brings out the extra emotion you know and that's what music does in in most cases but his is like super super bringing out the emotions
0: i mentioned it a few episodes ago but uh, i saw a thing recently where it was you know you have like six minutes left before you die what song do you play mm-hmm. and i had a moment where i i couldn't choose between two songs because being a big gray's anatomy fan i would pick how to save a life because that show has taught me that that song means death is coming or i would choose um life and death just because it's so kind of emotional in that same exact
1: way right yep 108 was Wallace, by the way. Wallace, that was it. <laughs> yep, yep. But we, th- that was never, that's not a like a person that
0: we know, right?
1: Nope, nope. but it was on the lighthouse wheel.
0: Okay. Uh, in the flash sideways, Desmond is sitting in his vehicle at the school where he previously ran over Locke, and he sees Locke actually getting out of his van as the students welcome him back. Desmond starts his engine, but suddenly Ben comes up and stands in front of him, screaming for Desmond to stop. He yells to anyone nearby to call the police because this is the man that hit Mr. Locke. Desmond gets out of his car as Ben yells that he saw what Desmond did, and he's making a citizen's arrest, but Desmond simply tells Ben not to get in his way. As Ben goes to speak again, Desmond begins punching Ben and slamming him into the hood of the car, But Ben keeps saying he won't let Desmond hurt Locke again. Desmond replies he's not there to hurt Locke. He's there to uh, help Locke let go. And Ben asks who Desmond is. Desmond begins beating him once again. And as this is happening, Ben begins having flashes of the many times he was beaten in the regular timeline by Desmond, mostly at the marina. And Desmond uh, throws Ben down and uh, drives off. I I don't know what it is. I love Ben. He's arguably my favorite character on the show. He's such a nerd in this sideways thing. I'm making a citizen's arrest. Like, oh my goodness, dude.
1: He's awesome. It's probably like (laughs) runs a streak of twenty eight episodes where Ben's been bloodied somehow. It's like amazing. Like he's always he's always I mean the makeup, he must have been in a makeup chair every week, I think. Well,
0: that's a joke, right? That he's like the most beat up character in television
1: history. I mean, how many episodes have you watched where he hasn't had something, some kind of mark on his face? <laughs> <laughs> but this is
0: one of the, obviously not first times. Cause you know, the phrase let go or let it go or anything like that has been used many times over the, the series. But, uh, you know, previously I think, I think all Desmond has really said to everybody or, you know, anybody listening is that he wants to show everybody something. Is mm-hmm. this the first time in the sideways that he says something about letting things go, like in terms of what we obviously see is going to happen in the finale?
2: There was a uh, this, uh, conversation between Jack and Locke, like in the hospital.
0: Yeah, no, but I mean, like like Desmond is on this mission, right? Like, to, like, I think with that, it was with, yeah, with Jack and Locke, I think that was more um, literal as opposed to kind of the philosophical thing of letting go of all of their emotions and their past and everything and then, you know, get ready to move on. I meant more towards Desmond and his goal of getting them all to let go, you know, the whole thing of remember, let go and move on.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm well who's who's you mean who's who's
1: um woke by now or
0: well I'm just I'm just wondering if this is kind of uh Desmond's sort of first use of that phrase because we've oh, like okay. we saw like we saw Charlie had a little bit of it um Locke might have had a little bit of it as well in that that same episode that Wayne just mentioned uh Hurley and Libby pretty much um mm-hmm. I don't know if, De- I think Desmond is, I would assume he's fully, you know, aware of what's going on and, you know, whatever. But I, like I said, I think this is kind of the first time he's really used the phrase, let go, in terms of what he's kind of trying to do.
2: Right. Yeah. And I think and
1: at this point, str- I'm sorry, Wayne, go ahead.
2: Yeah. I think at this point, Desmond and Hurley are, are the only ones that are like fully aware of what they're doing, what's happening in Flash Sideways. Yeah, I could, yeah, I think so. but I mean, she's kind of, I don't know where she is. Right.
1: Now, do you, I I watched this twice this week, I think. And the first time I didn't really take notice of it, but I watched it again last night, and I wasn't sure how fully awake Ben wasn't. um, Because there are two instances later on in the episode where the first one is he talks to Locke about letting go and it was almost like old school ben like playing possum like maybe ben was fully woke and he was like you know desmond said something about um letting go do you know anything about that you know kind of like trying to fill them out Ten times i watched it i didn't think it was odd but then last night i was like i think ben's being ben here trying to feel out what's going on you know something like that And then the second giveaway was when, um, at the end, when he's at Coco Van Night, um, and she mentions about uh, Alex and how he's like a father to her, Danielle. And uh, he starts crying, you know, he's crying, you know, because of the onions, right? Um, And I was like, why would he be crying unless he is fully aware that, yes, well, she was his daughter, kind of.
0: I I mean, I definitely from that scene, I definitely think he, he knew what was going on. Um, I never thought about it in that way of him sort of asking Locke to sort of feel it out. Now that you say that I, I can definitely, I can definitely agree with that, but I think he was, I don't know if he was still trying to figure it out at that point, but I think definitely by the, uh, by the time of that dinner with, uh, danielle and and alex i think he definitely knew
2: everything yeah Mm -hmm. really (laughs) because if he did then he would have been like really worried about danielle suddenly remembering the 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 island
1: well he didn't mention about letting go to her for sure (laughs) don't you let go of nothing over there you
0: (laughs) well see that goes along with my whole thing of it to me danielle and alex weren't necessarily real you know what I mean? Hmm. That's my cause. Like again, I think that it was. I, I think certain characters, and again, this is just my theory. Wayne, I know you're not gonna you're not gonna necessarily agree with this. That's why every time I've presented this, I haven't sounded the canon canon, because um, <laughs> it's not, <laughs> Wayne hasn't approved of it. But uh, it's it's just my my theory. Like I said before, like I used you know Widmore as the example of like that's who. Desmond sort of needed Widmore to be you know he in the regular timeline one of the thing, one of the main things he needed was to get that approval so in the sideways he got it it wasn't the real Widmore but it was kind of what he needed one of the things he needed to make him seemingly happy so he got it you know so by that logic Danielle and Alex wouldn't necessarily be quote-unquote real there they they are there more to kind of help ben along in his journey and his discovery
1: Mm -hmm. yep it kind of goes along with my thoughts kind of on everybody has their own group to move on with
0: yeah exactly wayne tracy Mm -hmm. what do you guys think
2: i won't dispute that
0: Uh let's see where were we um <laughs>
2: <That's right. laughs> what's that? Teresa is kind of speechless about this whole thing
0: <laughs> <laughs> well i'm i mean i'm I'm interested because like unfortunately, you know a lot of a lot of people and I do apologize to all of you guys like a lot of people you know I didn't feature them kind of early on in the season when some of these discussions were were going on, and because there's so much that happens. I feel like a lot of times a lot of this stuff kind of gets thrown in in the middle of these, and it's like we're talking about you know Des or I'm sorry um, Ben doing in to me what's just a generally nerdy scene. Like I said, like you know I always think of oh my gosh what a weirdo doing Citizens Arrest, but then Mm -hmm. again realizing that I haven't talked with you three about this, it's you know good chance to sort of get that whole, like, what do we think exactly about the sideways and, you know, who knew what and when did they know it and all that sort of stuff. You know what I
1: mean? Yep. It's just a total, like I said, to try to rationalize, it's crazy because it's, it's a total fantasy, no rules, you know, people heal in you know, a matter of hours from major surgery. You know? I mean, it's just not a real, a real deal. So Anything can be, you know, made up.
0: And and that's something I said. I mean, a few of us said it kind of early in the season and, and throughout, which is like if you try to apply too much logic to the sideways. Oh, I think, Wayne, right. I think you were on at some point and we, we talked about this a few episodes back where it's like for some of the characters Like, only a few days have passed since, you know, they flew back from Sydney. But for some of the other characters, it's been like a week and a half because we know time doesn't exist and whatever. And it's, if you try to apply too much logic to what's going on, it, the whole concept of the sideways kind of falls apart because that's, that's one of the problems I think with a rewatch as well. I know a lot of people have said that, you know, the, the great thing when you were watching it the first time was trying to figure out what is this sideways thing. But for a lot of people now, when they rewatch it, they don't necessarily care about the sideways. They kind of want to get to the end because they know the resolution of all of it. They're more interested in what's going on on the Island because for a lot of people, the sideways storyline until you get to the end doesn't really matter.
2: Yeah, that has been kind of my you know over the last you know over the 10 years since the show ended, you know, I you know you know I've done a lot a lot of theorizing, you know, retheorizing about stuff that's stuff that's been happening on the island out, but I've given very little thought to the flash sideways overall. And so like, you know, the you know this stuff about you know some of the flash sideways characters were real and some weren't. You know, that's something I didn't really ever think about until like we discussed it just just recently. Yeah.
1: At the time it was on live, we were obsessed with the sideways, obsessed with it. What is this? You know, when we had all the theories about when it was going to meet up with the the real time and yeah, uh, what event would need to happen. And then as the sideways went on week after week, it was like, that makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> you know, yeah. how how could son, she's pregnant, she gets shot in the stomach and then she's walking out of the hospital. I don't get, you know, what's going on. And it just, and And what happens is when you watch the end, you're like, well, it it never had to make sense because they're not in the real world. So it it kind of explained everything.
0: And that's part of it is like for a first time watcher you know, which I hope anybody listening to this by this point isn't necessarily a first-time watcher because we spoil a lot anymore. (laughs) Um, But, you know, for the first-time watcher, it is sort of that way. Maybe, you know, second or even third time if you're not quite sure what exactly is going on or whatever, you know, the the sideways is a little more interesting, but kind of as we... Like, we all know the show backwards and forwards. We know the major moments. We, you know... I'm not saying everybody skips an episode here or there, but if you were, you know, whatever, everybody has like their favorite and their least favorite. So maybe on your particular ones, you you don't rewatch your least favorite episode if you're doing a rewatch or you know, oh, I can, realistically, I could go to the bathroom during this scene or because nothing happens or whatever, you know? But for that first time, or maybe, like I said, even second or third time, watch through that sideways is really critical, but looking back on it now, I'm just like, like I said, I don't, I don't really care. I believe it was, uh, Kevin actually who said sort of in the concept of chronologically lost, which I've never watched. I don't know if I, any of you have. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, within that, I believe all of the sideways is sort of grouped together, presumably after everything. Cause it is sort of a flash, forward afterlife whatever maybe it might work better as all one thing i don't know like that might end up working better but just now as it is spread out over these episodes i just find myself not necessarily caring about it as much
1: no nope, because you know i mean in the real world so is not falling for the hose across the patio door trick i mean just not happening so, I mean, there are things in that world that just don't make sense. So. Exactly. But it was it was amazing to watch the first time. I mean, I used to watch I used to have to watch the episodes 3 or 4 times cuz I'd be just scanning the background, just looking for that clue that would let me know what the heck is going on here. And then I'd <laughs> realize I didn't hear any dialogue for the last 10 minutes, I'd have to, you know, watch it again. And,
0: <laughs> well, you know, it's it's funny because I I I think it was the recon episode um, where I believe it was Jake and uh, uh, Kelly from Holland were on. And and we talked about uh, the fact that Sawyer is watching Little House on the Prairie in that. And the clip that they play from Little House on the Prairie is arguably the biggest clue as to what the sideways is because you know the the some, the dialogue is something along the lines of you know those who die aren't really gone we hope that we'll see them again one day and whatever and it's like now all these years later looking back on it and you know definitely kind of doing this sort of critical thinking about the show you realize wow right there how many mm-hmm. you know very few episodes into the season they gave us the answer and we still couldn't figure it out
1: and I can—I mean, that I mean, it's the best. I could think of maybe twice in my life where the ending of something where I didn't know until the last, the payoff. And it was Lost and the Sixth Sense where I went, oh my God, I can't believe it. And, then, <laughs> and I didn't know that was coming. And then it's just amazing to, that feeling of like being strung along for so long till the very end and not know until that last moment when he says, oh, I died too. And that was the moment when I went, oh, man.
2: So.
3: Yeah, I think that's the only scene in the flash sideways that really matters is in the end when Jack and Christian Shepherd are talking.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh... Back on island in the regular timeline... Ben, Miles, and Richard are walking through the jungle, actually making their return after a few episodes being absent. Uh, Miles asks if Ben knows how to get to the houses, and Ben mentions having lived in the houses along, uh, for a very long time, and Miles reminds him that he lived there 30 years before Ben did, otherwise known as last week, and he has no idea where they are
2: right now. So- I love Miles. <laughs> yeah that's for like miles had some great lines on this episode This, this is like the first of many
0: uh ben comments guess it's a good thing you're following me and richard chimes in asking about the explosives that ben has back at the houses and he says that it's enough to blow up the plane 10 times over Richard wonders if it's still even there, but Ben counters that he put some thought into hiding it, confessing that he put it in a secret room behind the bookcase, and they then arrive at the barracks. Miles, however, is distracted by the fact that there's clearly dead people here. Ben asks, and Miles says how he gets wonky around dead stuff, and Ben wants to know who And as Miles starts to refuse to answer, Richard confesses that it's Alex, Ben's daughter. Richard buried her after Ben left, and Ben then thanks Richard. And we haven't seen a lot of good moments, in my opinion, between Ben and Richard for a little while. And, you know, at one... At one point in Richard's episode, like Ben comments like, you know, I've known him for 30 years and all this other stuff. And those two, just over what we've seen through the series, they clearly had a good friendship, a good relationship. And, you know, Ben, I'm sorry, Richard was very much a mentor to Ben and and whatever. So I liked sort of that moment where we see a little bit more of Richard's humanity. He took the time to bury Alex and, you know, and he... Cared about his friend and this this little girl that he saw grow up and all that sort of stuff. I I really like this sort of exchange and the whole concept behind it.
1: Hello. Hello. Yeah. Oh, we're all here. Yeah. Oh, I thought we got lost.
2: Okay. <laughs> you got up for a second. Yeah.
0: Oh, I just, me, I cut out, I just said that I that I liked the concept behind the scene, uh, or behind the moment of Ben and Richard.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's, like I said, Richard was there since Ben was a kid, so, like you said, he kind of took him in, and I think Ben looked up to him at one point, or at least looked to to save him from the life he was living in Darmaville.
0: Oh, yeah, Definitely.
2: I was actually wondering if Richard, like, while he was burying um, Alex, did he also bury those uh, those three uh, red shirt survivors that that died in that battle?
0: Nah, screw those guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, a moment later, uh, they all enter Ben's house, and Ben opens the bookcase door, and inside of here, he opens uh a, another thing containing a safe miles asks about the ancient door asking if it's a secreter room and ben mm-hmm. confirms it's where he was told he could summon the monster but now he knows the monster was summoning him and i'm going to take a brief pause here for two questions one who told him that he could summon the monster there was it richard or was it someone either the monster impersonating someone or, you know, a, a, an advocate for the monster. And two, Wayne, weren't you on the last time this whole secret room, secret or room thing discussion happened?
2: Yeah, I was act- I think this is one of the reasons I requested this episode, because I was I was on the podcast for both A Shape of Things to Come and Dead is Dead. And um, both of those episodes, we we kind of ventured into that secret room. And so like each, you know, each of these three episodes, we learned just a little bit more about it. And so, like, this kind of gives, like, the conclusion to, like, you know, and this is, like, the one remaining question, like, you know, who, you know, how does, what does Ben know about the secret room? And, you know, I mean, we don't get, like, a full answer here, but we get, like, enough to kind of, like, give you, like, oh, like, yeah, Ben didn't really know, like, what he thought he did. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they, I think given these three episodes, I think my theory was, like, you know, some some unknown character, either the man in black posed as someone or it was like somebody who like somebody that the man in black used to relay the information to Ben. Like he was the one who like this unseen character kind of told Ben like this is, you know, these are the secrets of what's down in that room and here's how you summon the monster, um, you know, kind of gives gives Ben this false sense of control and man in black just kind of, you know, played along with it just to kind of like make give Ben the belief that, you know, Ben is in control of the monster when he really wasn't.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, but going along with that, so there was Dharma, right? Like we obviously, we know the tunnels existed and whatever, but then Dharma built the houses there and whoever's house that was beforehand I don't know if if it's ever been said I don't know if is that I don't know if that's supposed to be Horace's house or whatever, but did whoever had uh have that house before Ben did they have some sort of communication with the monster because Dharma was super like they didn't want the monster anywhere around right like that's why they had the whole fence and everything else like so how exactly does that sort of work
2: um so the, I mean, this was never—it was never actually confirmed on the show. Like, whose house been occupied? You know, like, whose Dharma house been occupied? I'm going—you know—I'm just personally theorizing. It was—it was Horace's house, just because it would make sense. To like, you know, if Horace's Horace is kind of like you know the the Dharma leader, um, you know, I'm thinking they secretly built this house around that around that secret door, um, and they wanted as few people to know about it as possible and so like you know basically it was like Horace coming along and saying okay just build my house around this you know around this tunnel door thing and we'll and just hide it from everyone else and you know i'm the only one who's ever going to know that it ever existed um you know because he just, just doesn't want anyone else to deal with you know with these mysterious tunnels or who you know i guess they're just kind of assuming that these are just ancient tunnels they don't serve any purpose anymore and we don't want people to kinda of like go go down exploring and possibly running into the hostiles or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or if it has any connection to the to the monster, we don't want anyone um, you know, triggering anything that might bring the monster like or just bring any sort of trouble to the to the Dharma people and interfere with what, what they're doing. So yeah, just Dharma just kind of you know, Horace deciding to just hide it from everyone. So you don't
0: think that Horace or whoever from Dharma necessarily had any straight up interaction or thoughts of I can summon the monster or anything like that. You think it was more like we just need to hide this from all the rest of the Dharma peons?
2: Yeah, I, I don't think you know Horace or anyone from Dharma knew anything like any of the mysteries of the island. They were just there to to use the island for their experiments and just kind of like um Avoid anything that might get in the way and you know including this, you know the secret door, you know They didn't know what it was for they just didn't want to deal with it
1: Hmm, I never really thought about it, but I mean I could see the secret maybe the secret room wasn't revealed to to Horace in that group Maybe they only knew about the secret room Uh, it's pop because we never really saw what happened to Ben at the temple right when when uh, Richard brought him after he got shot I mean what could have gone on in there after he was revived was it some kind of indoctrination was it some kind of is that where he learned about a lot of the island secrets because we really that's like a missing piece what happened during that period. You mm-hmm. know what went on in there.
2: I mean Ben learning the secrets of the island under- or learning the supposed secrets that could have happened pretty much any time. Mm-hmm. True.
0: Yeah, because I always thought, because, like, after he gets healed in the temple, he goes back. So I always thought that he was kind of like a double agent. And so, like, sometimes, you know, when he could get away from his his father and anybody else, he would be hanging out with the others, learning about them, planning how they were going to get rid of all the Dharma folks and whatever. And then going, you know, at night, going back and... Having dinner with his dad and, you know, talking with everybody else at Dharma. Like, hey, how's it going? You don't know. I'm secretly plotting to kill you, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Him and Ethan. Right.
0: Yeah, see, I would be more interested in sort of how Ethan ended up, like, as part of that. You know? I mean, I'm interested with with Ben as well, but, like, at least we saw, like, Ben needed to get healed and all this other stuff. Because, like, Ben... You know, from one of the first times we ever, well, one of the first things we ever learn about Ben is, you know, I was born on this island. I'm one of the few people that could say that. And, like, he's allegedly, like, revered amongst his people because he can claim that, which we know isn't true. But for Ethan, it actually is true. Except for the times that he went off island on whatever sort of missions he was sent on. He is, he has been you know, an I like an Island dweller his entire life. So like realistically in terms of, you know, being one of the few or any that can claim to have been born on the Island. And if that seems to be like a need for a high position, he maybe should have been the leader.
1: Yeah. I looked at him more of like a little Ben sidekick, like the little kid who wanted to be like Ben, you know, kind of do whatever ben says to do just to like get into the circle oh you think that's
0: all it was was just like like, let let me
1: in the neighborhood that's always trying to hang out with you you know
0: when you're growing up i guess i could see that yeah because i mean i i realized as soon as i said like maybe ethan should have been the leader and then in my mind i went no 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 no
2: (laughs) I mean Ethan was the, you know, whose was, was Horace's kid and you know Horace is busy, you know, leading the, the Dharma people and like you know Ethan, you know, as a kid probably got bored and maybe stumbled upon Ben venturing off, you know, to to the others and kind of got curious and um yeah, kind of I don't know, maybe maybe life among the others is kind of was more appealing to to, you know, to the child Ethan, so he just kind of tagged along with Ben every time.
0: Yeah, I could see that. So, while they're uh, getting the uh, explosives, Ben actually asks Richard if they need to cripple the plane or they want to blow it to hell with Richard saying the latter. Ben takes it all and puts it in the backpack, and they then hear a noise before going to the kitchen seeing Zoe. Uh, Ben asks who she is, and a male voice, Widmore, announces that she's with him And Widmore asks Ben if he may come in. So got to take a pause here one more time. Everybody has arguably the same exact opinion, but I'm going to ask, what do we think about Zoe?
3: (laughs) I can't stand Zoe. She's the worst. Every time I see her, I'm just like, ah. And I don't, I can't put my finger on it. I just, I, I can't stand her.
1: I just found it ironic. Like, did you guys watch The Sopranos? I've actually never seen that show. It's one of the few I'm ashamed to say I've never seen. Okay. It's it's ironic that, because um, at one point, Tony has a flash sideways of his own. Uh, he gets kind of, I don't want to spoil anything, but he has a, an unfortunate shooting incident, and he's kind of in bad health shape in the hospital, and he's having, you know, a dream and he ends up going to this place in his dream and that actress is in his dream. She's part of his, like, they look like a flash sideways, like in between, he was like moving on. So I always find that ironic. So I kind of like, I was, when I see her in lost, I'm like, yeah, she's the sideways girl in all the TV shows. So,
0: <laughs> I mean, a lot of people, I think almost everybody that I've had on the show shares the exact same Uh, feeling as Tracy, they don't like her, you know, a bunch of people have said they, they, they want to, you know, punch her or whatever, but I, I think all of them say that exact same thing. Tracy, nobody can quite pinpoint why a lot of people just chalk it up to her being a bad actress, maybe not being right for the part, maybe the part not even being needed at all that seems to be a a near unanimous thing of she is unliked, but nobody can quite pinpoint why. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I don't like her either. And I, I can't quite I think it's more just because, well, I think she's a, a not good actress. I, I think that's first and foremost, but I think it's just Widmore has had, so many different number two people, I feel like we're almost conditioned, and you know kind of the ending of this episode proves it. we're almost conditioned to not care about them. You know what I mean, yeah,
2: I just never really gave her much thought. I mean, it's like, yeah, she never enters in, like into any of my lost you know season six theories um, I don't think I've ever quoted her.
0: Well, it's just that's and that's the thing is she's just so blech, you know, like (laughs) I think that's what it is, is there is nothing worthwhile there. Like like you said, there's no there's no theories about her. We don't wonder what was her backstory. We don't pick up on any particular quotes that she had. We don't remember. There's one interaction that she has in my opinion that's even slightly noteworthy and that's with Sawyer and that's only because Sawyer is so funny. Yeah. You know, like like I I I made the the comment in the Recon episode like when she says about going and visiting her boyfriend Like I said, I wonder if Sawyer is just kind of like, no, there's no way you have a boyfriend. I think I wonder (laughs) if that's kind of the moment. I know that sounds horrible, but I wonder if that's like the moment where he was just like, okay, this girl is clearly lying. You know, (laughs) that sounds horrible to say.
2: You're not not the first one to think that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And like the other, the other comment that I think I've heard at least twice, just in doing the podcast, not to mention anybody else I've ever talked to. Uh, she is more than once been called a poor man's Tina Fey. <laughs> so a bit later, Widmore pours himself uh, some water and tells Ben to put his gun down. He also tells Zoe to take their equipment from the outrigger and then to sink it. But Ben counters that Zoe isn't going anywhere before threatening to shoot Widmore. But Widmore counters that, uh, he's the only chance of survival. Charles once again tells Zoe to leave before asking why Richard is there. And when Richard implies that they're going to blow the plane up, Charles says that he's already had the plane rigged since he arrived, and Ben is once again three steps behind. When Ben asks how Widmore came back, he's told uh, that Jacob invited Charles, but Ben refuses to believe this, confidently saying Charles has never even seen Jacob. But Widmore says that he has. After the freighter was destroyed, Jacob came to him, convinced him to change his ways and told uh, told him everything that he needed to know for this exact purpose. And again, uh, Wayne, I wanted to ask you because you mentioned about being in those uh, episodes in season four. I just wrote a quick note because I honestly can't remember if we sort of talked about this or not. Does this mean that when Widmore and Ben... Squared off in Ben's flash forward, that Charles and Jacob had already officially met, and did we talk about that in that episode? Because I truly can't remember.
2: Uh, I don't remember either, but I think, I mean, my, I've, I've had this theory all along that uh, you know that Woodmore is telling the truth in this conversation, uh, that Jacob did go visit Woodmore like shortly after the the freighter thing. Um. Now, I mean, it may seem like Whitmore is not entirely on board with the, with Jacob's mission, and I think that's just because Whitmore still has his own agenda in addition to the the thing that Jacob has called him to do. Um, you know, because I mean, Whitmore, we every incarnation of Whitmore we've seen, you know, he's like you know this arrogant, selfish jerk type of person. Um, you know, just wants to gain as much as he can. You know, exploit the island. Um, and I think, um, Whitmore believes in, um, you know, Jacob's, um, you know, Jacob as the, you know, the, uh, of the island. Um, and so I think Whitmore is like, you know, after, after meeting with Jacob, Whitmore probably saw it and was like, okay, this is a means to an end. You know, if I follow Jacob, if I follow ja- you know, Jacob's wishes, that'll get me to the island and then I can do whatever I want with it after I complete Jacob's mission. So I think that's kind of what, you know, Whitmore's motive at this point.
0: I mean, I would definitely agree with that because that has been, I mean, his main goal. That's partly why he sent the freighter there and and all of this stuff. I'm just wondering if, like, like I said, that scene in Charles's penthouse, like, had, I mean, because that's technically three years after the whole freighter thing, right? Because when Ben pushes the wheel, he gets, like, thrust three years into the future so that he's lined up with where everybody else is. Is it three years or just like a year or whatever? But anyway, he gets kind of put into the future almost so that he lines up with, with everybody else. So I'm just wondering if by that point, cause you know, he says shortly after the freighter or after the freighter or whatever, but how shortly is shortly? Was it a year? Was it six months, a week, two years, you know what I mean? So, like, I'm just wondering where that sort of thing lines up. I agree with pretty much everything you said that, you know, it's it's a double sort of mission for Charles. I just wonder, and I know that you don't necessarily agree, uh, Wayne, that, like, the island is sort of a personified thing. But whether you want to say the island or you want to say Jacob or, you know, mystical forces or whatever, would the island or would jacob sort of have allowed charles with the with the knowledge that he does sometimes use these uh ulterior things like did jacob really believe like charles says here i you know he convinced me to change my ways i'm not saying do we believe that or do we not i'm just wondering would the island or would jacob have allowed this if he hadn't truly changed his ways
2: Hmm. Um. i don't it's like well jacob doesn't doesn't necessarily i mean his jacob's decisions don't really make sense all the time like you know why did he why did he even allow uh the dharma initiative there in the first place you know if they're if they were there to exploit the island um you know and you know same with like allowing most of the most of the others that ever came to the island you know they were they, you know they didn't have the best, you know, the best, best motives. So, you know, I think with Widmore, it's like, well, I guess Jacob kind of saw like, okay, well, this is just kind of a, a good means to bring Desmond there um, and possibly just give Widmore the opportunity to, you know, to atone for his past actions, even though he knows he probably probably won't. Um, I mean, it's kind of similar to, I guess, um, where Jacob was hoping that, um uh, that Ben would change his mind, you know, just before Ben, Ben killed Jacob. And it's kind of, kind of similar to, you know, his giving Whitmore just you know, one last opportunity to, to do the right thing. Um, I don't know, maybe, you know, maybe Whitmore just kind of, can, maybe he convinced Jacob that he would follow his mission and, you know, just say that, you know, that Whitmore doesn't have this ulterior motive. Even though we can we can kind of still kind of see that he does, so I don't know. You know, Jake. It's kind of hard to figure out. Like, you know, what is you know what his thought process is for you know his his decisions. So you know, I, I don't really know.
0: I mean, yeah, like he doesn't, because like I've said for uh, you know a while. Like, like I mean, you brought up some of the others. Why were they allowed to live there? You know, like why the Dharma people? And you know, you could. Somebody can make the argument, oh, because all of the exact pieces needed to fit. You know, without the Dharma people, there wouldn't necessarily be the incident, which wouldn't, you know, that would not lead to Desmond, lead to the crash, so on and so forth. But there's just too many things where his deci- Jacob's decisions don't quite add up for either his own best interest or the best interest of the island or whatever it works out that all of those things happen to line up exactly right but from this godlike perspective that the show likes to kind of portray him as it doesn't quite add up which i'm actually kind of okay with because it does sort of show that he's flawed and he's you know more human than any of the characters ever treated him and whatever
2: yeah I mean we definitely saw him that way, you know as as like a like a a normal human you know flawed human in across the sea, and I think that was intentional
0: oh for sure, yeah,
1: oh yeah, his mystique is totally just brought out in the last two episodes, like there is none really. he seems like a regular by the end he's like a regular Joe around that fire, so
2: yeah, yeah. He just, you know, he wants somebody to take his place after all these, after all these centuries.
0: I mean, and that's, I mean, we'll get there, but it's, it's kind of funny how he sort of has that same exhausted thing, like mother in across the sea where it's just kind of like, thank you. I'm finally free. Yeah, You know, like it seems, and I'm, you know, we don't know what happened before mother. Like it's not necessarily, it's not in the story for us to know whatever, but one could assume that she may have had the same sort of, you know, bright eyed thing of like, wow, I'm the protector now, you know? And then after how many, you know, hundreds of years or whatever, it's like, okay, can we get a new protector
1: now? I'm sick of it. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's a, after a while it's a burden you know it happens uh in a lot of stories like that you know forget be careful what you wish for exactly
2: you know what else does it do besides play connect four million
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh so Ben wonders what uh purpose charles is uh was mentioning when he's, uh, he said that Jacob said about a purpose. And, but Zoe is there on the radio and interrupts to tell Charles that Locke is coming. From her view, we see Locke uh, paddling an outrigger, and Charles tells Zoe to run and get back to him as fast as she can before he tells Ben that they need to hide. And, I mean, it's just a very brief little thing. I know we took a little bit of time to uh, discuss kind of Jacob and Charles and all that sort of stuff but again you know Locke is coming you know he hasn't had really an interaction with some of these characters in a little bit of time and you know we're clearly amping up to the finale and you know obviously we have a little moment uh in this episode of like a big like whoa can't believe that happened even if we're glad that it happened to that character sort of thing um but you know Locke is coming and as much as you know i think by this point first time watching we were all sort of sad we still get that little sort of extra extra beat in our heart because there's it still can bring out this massive thing of like there's still action to be had you know what i mean
1: yeah yep questions to be answered still exactly
0: In the flash sideways, the school nurse is treating Ben. She calls him Mr. Linus, and he corrects her as Dr. Linus, actually. Again, what a nerd. I get it. If I had it, I would totally want to be called doctor. You know, if I had a doctorate and whatever. He's just so nerdy. Um, (laughs) Uh, Ben then stares at himself in the mirror as John rolls into the room asking if Ben is okay And Ben tells Locke that he got into a fight with the man who ran Locke over, and the strangest thing happened. He thinks he saw something. And as he's saying this, John is calling the police, but Ben doesn't necessarily think that's the right thing to do. He informs Locke that the man claims that he was just trying to get John to let go, and Ben believes him. On the phone, LAPD is there, but the two are just kind of staring at each other. Uh, And Ben wonders out loud if Desmond's words mean anything to Locke and Locke simply shuts his phone. And Bill, you brought up earlier sort of how this, uh, you see this scene kind of from a different light now. And once you said that, I, I kind of agree.
1: Yeah. I mean, like I said, it was Ben being Ben a little bit, you know. Ben being his old self, playing possum, trying to figure out, trying to feel out Locke.
0: Without giving anything away. I agree. Um, So at the LAPD, the officer that was on the phone a moment ago, uh, eventually hangs up as Desmond approaches and asks to speak to a detective elsewhere. Miles is getting dressed up in a suit and tells Sawyer that it's for the concert at his dad's museum And Sawyer sarcastically claims that he remembers, as Miles sarcastically comments, that Sawyer can still be his date. Sawyer asks if the redhead, Charlotte, will be there, and he decides to pass. Uh, The officer then brings Desmond to Sawyer, and Desmond confesses to committing the hit-and-run and the fight that happened earlier at the school with Locke and Ben, respectively. And moments later, Desmond is in a holding cell... And Sawyer sarcastically thanks Desmond for saving the taxpayers' money. And Desmond acknowledges Sawyer and greets the person in the other cell, Kate. And she is less than enthused about this situation. I gotta say, you know, we're talking about kind of the first time watching this and whatever. I I mean, I was excited to see where it was going. I knew it was coming to the end, whatever. I was a little annoyed with Desmond. He was acting super strange, very undesmond like i didn't and it was partly because i didn't understand it i admit that but i was just kind of like annoyed with desmond he seemed kind of like cultish where he's just like hello everything's fine i got into a fight i committed a crime i'm here to turn myself in like like come on like he just i don't know (laughs) (laughs) Yep. am i alone in that thinking
1: well, it was another thing where this don't make sense. It was like, you know, it just, nothing made sense until that last scene in the series.
0: Yeah, I guess.
2: Yeah, I think at this point, I, I don't know, first time watching it, I was like, you know, by this point in The Flash Sideways, I was like, what is going on in The Flash Sideways? So, like, you know, Desmond's behavior was just kind of, like, just kind of added to that.
0: Yeah. It's just, I mean, yeah, it's just, like I said, now I look at it and I just, I just kind of laugh or I'm just like, oh, I get it. But back then I was just like, oh, my goodness, he's so annoying. And maybe <laughs> like maybe it is just that thing of it, it. None of it makes sense. Like Bill said, like, this doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense. And I just kind of I'm, you know, like I said earlier, like to me, Ben is just like a super nerd in in this, you know, it's Dr. Linus. I'm, I'm going to make a citizen's arrest like you're not going to hurt Mr. Locke again. Like, dude. Get over yourself. <laughs> but again, I, I get it where it is sort of that, I guess, because that is kind of what we're supposed to be asking ourselves by this point. What the heck is going on? Yeah. Back on the island, Jack and Sawyer are talking as they, Kate and Hurley, are walking through the jungle with Jack asking Sawyer where the well is. And in parentheses, I wrote, he should know. Said told it to him specifically. <laughs> um, and when Sawyer asks why Locke didn't kill Desmond Jack thinks it might be one of the rules Sawyer thinks about the rules and how Jack said Locke couldn't kill them and Sawyer questions if he is the cause of Saeed, Jin, and Son's deaths but Jack reminds him that it's actually Locke's fault and Hurley suddenly sees young Jacob and Kate asks if he's okay he claims he is before he sees the boy once more, with the boy demanding the ashes that Hurley took from Ilana's things when she died. And the boy admits to being Jacob before taking the bag and running off. Hurley chases him before he comes upon adult Jacob sitting at a fire. They exchange greetings with Hurley questioning where Jacob has been and mentioning that a kid ran past with the ashes. Jacob informs him that the ashes are in the fire, and when they burn, Hurley will never see Jacob again. Hurley's confused, but Jacob tells him to get the others, and that they're quote very close to the end unquote.
1: Dun dun dun. <laughs> That's a <One> foreshadowing. Thing... <laughs> yeah.
2: One thing me every time I watch this scene though is like, I'm just thinking, ashes don't burn; they're already burnt.
0: <laughs> yeah, I. I, I... The first time I thought the same thing and then I just realized like, okay, it's just like a, like a, I don't want to say ritual or, or whatever, but it's just sort of like a, a, a metaphorical thing, you know, like the, cause they're going to get mixed in with whatever other ashes are in that fire. You know,
1: yeah, oh, and that's like- my biggest pet peeve about the ashes thing is how many, how many ashes did he make? I mean, he, they surrounded the cabin with the ashes. They surrounded the temple with the ashes. I mean, yeah. A lot of
0: <laughs> well that's for a for a long time kind of leading into even towards the middle of season six and I don't know if I've ever sort of talked about this on the podcast I always thought that Jacob was I don't want to say like a phoenix almost but I always wondered if that was him Maybe he maybe he did, I, you know, Phoenix is probably the best example, but maybe he did die multiple times. And, like, all the ashes, like you said, at the cabin and at the temple and, like, Bram uses ashes and everything else. I wondered if at some point they were all his ashes. And, like, maybe he just every so often died and somehow or another came back and it was always... That's why he was he kind of was so blasé about the fact that he was killed, you know? Cause in C- at the end of season five, when he's killed, he doesn't seem to really care. And I always wondered if that was sort of why until, you know, we got answers that it's not the case, but that was something that I kind of wondered even a good portion into season six.
1: Yeah. It's just a lot of ashes. I want certification. I want like a certificate of authenticity on the ashes. <laughs>
0: i believe this is also the only time we see the boy that's jacob and the man that's jacob like both other than across the sea kind of on the island at the same time is that right
1: sounds right yeah yeah
0: and of course it was said in a previous episode i don't remember which one but i think uh Jorge talked about it in his podcast, the fact that while filming this episode, they went back and shot the insert scene of him specifically getting the ashes from Alana's things just because it was referenced later in this episode.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I remember you mentioned that in the the podcast for that uh, everybody loves Hugo.
0: Oh, is that the one? Okay. Yeah. Thank you for listening, Wayne. (laughs) Um, With Locke, he steps onto the dock from the outrigger and sees the stuff from Widmore's boat. Meanwhile, Zoe rushes to Ben's house, telling Charles that they have to get going. But Widmore insists that there's no time and that Ben has a hidden room that they need to get to. But Ben comments that he isn't interested in hiding, claiming Locke will find him sooner or later, and he'd rather have it over with uh, sooner. Miles tells them both that he wants to survive and he'll be running through the jungle. Ben then stops him before getting the walkie-talkies from Widmore and Zoe and giving one to Miles. Woodmore tells Ben that Locke will kill him, and Ben, still uninterested in anything to do with Widmore, says, "Then I guess this is goodbye." Woodmore and Zoe then go into the secret room before Ben invites Richard outside. Richard says all Locke wants is for Richard to join him and doing that may give the rest of them a chance. Uh, Miles wishes them luck and leaves. And as Ben and Richard leave, the monster noises are heard before Richard is lifted up and thrown by the monster. Locke appears and has sarcastic small talk with Ben. I want to take a pause right here because a little bit of this uh, goes... A little further. Um Why is Richard. This is part of why. And I've said. Like I've talked about it before. I didn't necessarily like Richard. Kind of post Abaterno. Because much like we said. Jacob sort of loses his mystique. After across the sea. I feel like early on in this season. Richard lost a lot of his mystique. Why is he suddenly so dumb. That he thinks. All he wants is for me to join him. If I join him, all of this will end. It just seems like a dumb thought to have for such a a character that had like such a a long like history of seeming to be the one with all of the knowledge and everything else.
1: Yeah, I agree. He seemed to like have a little breakdown, too, in these last few episodes, Uh, starting with the Abaterno, where he had that. That uh, silly giggle on the beach.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and kind of went downhill from there.
2: Yeah, it's like Richard is kind of like it's kind of like he, he, something is placing him back to like the moment that he first arrived on the island. And it's like his interactions with the man in black during that time are like all he remembers.
0: Yeah. I don't know, it's just like I said, I, I I look, I listen to him, and I'm just like, you're dumb. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, he did, he did. Richard pretty much did have a breakdown, like you know, after, well, after it was like after Jacob died, and Richard kind of decided like, oh, this means like my my entire life had no purpose, and so like you know he was just like kind of kind of distraught over that, and it's like, well, at this point, he you know he just it was like something he totally didn't expect to happen. And it's like, he doesn't know anymore. So I think that's kind of where he is now.
1: Yeah. And he's probably gotten to the point too, where this, this immortality thing ain't what it's cracked up to be.
0: (laughs) Well, so let me ask this. I mean, it's a question, you know, it'll probably be talked about more in the finale, but by this point, I know it's only a, a short period of time, realistically, between when, uh, Jacob dies and when Jack and, you know, then uh, whatever, you know, he gets the protector of the island mantle gets passed. Do we think right now Richard is no longer immortal or do we think it's not until like a new protector is named? Because nobody like Miles point. I think it's Miles points out like his gray hair, but. I mean, it's a it's a really, like, meaningless question because it's all, like I said, in such a short period of time. But do we think kind of the moment Jacob died is when he started becoming mortal again? Or the moment the mantle was passed that he started becoming mortal again?
1: I think it's at that moment where the fire went out, where where Jack became the protector.
2: Okay. Well, I mean, there's really no way to prove any of this. I think I just... I think I assumed it was when Jacob died,
0: yeah, same here, I mean like you know like there's it's there I don't think there's necessarily a right or wrong answer. I'm just curious what you guys thought. I just happened to be you know when when Bill said the word immortal, I just went, oh yeah, I want, that's something that I never really thought about before, like when did his or immortality sort of end?
2: it takes more than a day for a gray hair to grow. <laughs>
0: Sometimes it doesn't feel like it. Let me tell you. (laughs) Um, All right. So Locke has his sarcastic small talk with Ben and eventually he gets to why he's there. He wants Ben to kill some people. Ben questions why he would do that. And Locke says that once he leaves, Ben gets to be in charge of the island. And Ben agrees before confessing when asked that, uh, Locks saw Widmore's Outrigger and Widmore happens to be in Ben's closet. And for as much as I'm just like, oh, my goodness, sideways Ben is like a nerd and whatever. I'm not. I mean, again, Ben, one of my absolute favorite characters. I didn't like this sort of regression for him either, you know, because like he he had some moments over the course of of the you know, time, like he apologized earlier this season. He, you know, he cried and and begged to go with Locke because no one would have him. And Ilana forgives him, you know, kind of welcomes him into everything. And he's, you know, he's determined, I'm going to, you know, stop, you know, Locke from leaving. I'm going to blow up the plane and whatever. And then now, just because it's Widmore, and I get it. Like, I mean, I, I... couldn't possibly imagine how that would feel and how I would feel with the whole hatred that he has for Widmore and everything that went down with Alex and whatever. But just because of Widmore, he just like flips on a dime again of like, you know what? Yeah, I will go with arguably the most evil thing in existence now and I'll gladly kill people. And he goes right back to that selfish, I want the island sort of mindset.
1: Yeah, but but that was the mindset, and then Locke offered that golden idol of the island again, and he he slipped back into old Ben. It's, it wasn't a new Ben; it was a, the old Ben, um, and just the dangling of being in charge of the island again is just too strong. And I think that's what he
2: took that that hook—you know, hook, line, and sinker. Yeah, this is just like you know, Man in Black's manipulation of Ben
0: oh no i totally get it and i get it from the story perspective i'm just saying like personally i'm just like oh like i like i you know i'd like to think ben is Better than that and bigger than that, you know, like when these characters have like a big sort of growth moment, you think, okay, now that's going to be their thing. Like people got upset with Sawyer at the beginning of season six because he went right back to being a jerk because now Juliet is gone, you know, and he kind of reverted back to the thing. And again, he went through a tragedy as well. And, you know, there's there's just certain things that make people kind of go back to their to their old ways and i i get it i think we're all sort of guilty of it in life but you just like to think oh i thought they were better than this and it turns out they're not because they're just human
2: so kind of kind of like charlie being tempted by drugs again
0: exactly yeah good good one so in the flash sideways ben is going to his car drops his keys And Alex speaks to him before noticing his injuries and questioning why anyone would hurt Ben. uh, He's, quote, the nicest guy ever, unquote. Uh, And I crack up every time at that. Alex then offers that her mom will drive Ben home. But Ben insists on not being any trouble. But Alex says uh, that they'll help him and jokes that he only has one hand and he looks like Napoleon. He then agrees as Alex asks her mother about giving Dr. Linus a ride and Danielle Rousseau says that uh, everything uh, after everything Ben has done, the least she could do is give him a ride home. The two adults officially introduce themselves as Alex invites Ben over to dinner. Ben is unsure, but mother and daughter insist. And later at the Rousseau house, Alex is studying while the adults talk. And Ben asks about Alex's father, which, you know, he died when Alex was two. Danielle says that Alex is probably attached to Ben for that reason. He's given her help and attention, and he's the closest thing that she has to a father. He begins to well up as Danielle asks if he's okay, and he claims it's just the onions, and Danielle simply says that she'll put in less next time. And the very first time I was watching this, and I I thought it was so strange, not only because it's the end, but because of everything that happened on the island, all I was thinking was, are these two gonna get together?
1: <laughs> yeah, well I wouldn't be surprised, right? And that, <laughs> that <went> sideways.
0: <laughs> I mean, you know, it's they're both technically they're both Alex's parents and you know, whatever. Like I get it, it's, you know, her, her adopted father, her real mother. But that was all I was thinking was are they trying to set these two up as like a potential couple? Ew. <laughs> uh-huh.
1: Well, that was the whole, we're at a point now we've been talking about how through season six every week, it's like, what the heck, what did this, this doesn't make? And now you're just, you're just dizzy from it now. And this is just like, you're just like whacked out by now. So this is, yeah, sure. That's plausible. So,
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, but I do, I do agree with, uh, with what you said earlier, Bill, that kind of by this point it's. I'm certain at least that Ben knows and that's why he starts to tear up.
1: Yeah, yeah, but it's fun. it didn't strike me until about the sixth or seventh watch of this episode over the years. So that's one that's the thing about Lost. There's always, you know, there's always something you can and interpret.
0: Yep.
2: I don't know, my, my only thought is still just like, you know, what what happens if Danielle just suddenly has has an awakening at this point. <laughs> I would just read Ben?
0: Yeah, (laughs) Oh, she would take one of those one of those knives because like with that concept like not only would she remember everything that happened with Ben, but she would remember everything that happened, like how crazy she seemed, you know, like the fact that, you know, she survived her ship crashing and, you know, having to, to survive in the jungle for all those years and all of that sort of stuff. I feel like she would definitely take one of those knives and just yeah. stab him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, am I wrong? Like,
1: <laughs> oh no, that's why this, the whole flash sideways concept is like she's not part of this flash sideways. I had said before, maybe she'll go, you know, move on with Ben, but no, she's got a different flash sideways. Um, there's no way she can wake up in this
2: sideways.
0: Yeah, that. I mean, yeah, that. That's what I think. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that would, just, that would just mess everything up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, back on the island, Ben and Locke enter the house as Ben indicates where Widmore is, admitting that Zoe is armed. They go into the secret room after Ben specifically says that he wants to see what'll happen. And Locke sarcastically greets Charles and asks who Zoe is. But Widmore insists that she doesn't speak, So Locke grabs her, slits her throat, thus making pretty much every audience member cheer. (laughs) Uh, Widmore asks why, and Locke says, Zoe is pointless. Because even the writers knew. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But Charles is the one that he needs to motivate. And he talks about how he's going to leave the island and kill Penny but gives his word that he won't kill her if Charles tells him uh, what he'd like to know. Charles tells Locke that he brought Desmond back due to his ability to resist electromagnetism, and he was a last resort, but refuses to say any more in front of Ben. And Locke instructs Widmore to whisper it, which he does, but three shots are then fired by Ben into Charles, with Ben claiming, quote, he doesn't get to save his daughter. Uh, Locke then comments how Ben always amazes him, but luckily he already got the information he needed. And Ben is fine with this and implies that he's ready to kill more people. Charles turns on a dime here too. Like Charles says, and this uh, gives, you know, more to what Wayne was saying earlier, I think, about that he had his own uh, motives, right? Because if he truly... Believed in Jacob, believed in this concept of Desmond, believed in this, in this, the fact that, you know, uh, another one of the candidates would become the, the next protector of the island. Why would he so quickly turn and just admit everything to Locke or does this give more credence to that select group of people? And I've mentioned it before on the podcast Uh, The people who think that there's some sort of mystical thing, like when Dogen said earlier in the season, don't let him talk to you, you know, if he does, you've already or, you know, he's already turned you to his side or whatever. So realistically, is that what happened? And by Locke actually speaking to Widmore, he now has some sort of like mystical hold over Widmore.
1: I hope so because I I despise that moment where Widmore whispers in Locke's ear. I just, I hate the trope as it is when somebody whispers something and they they kill that person because you never know what they really said. Yeah. So, you know, who knows what Widmore said? You know, we'll never know. But I, I think so. I think Widmore, again, in this scene, does not, he's not acting like Widmore. He's kind of like on his knees, almost.
2: Yeah, I think Whitmore just didn't didn't know like how things were going to go at this point. He wasn't expecting to to encounter Locke. He wasn't expecting to have this conversation with Locke. He wasn't expecting um, you know he didn't know like what Ben's mind you know state of mind was going to be. He just came to the island with a mission, and and, you know all he knows is like you know Locke is in the way. and I'm guessing Jacob never told Whitmore like um, what he was going to have to do about Locke. Or, or, I mean, Whitmore's only responsibilities were like protect the candidates and bring Desmond to the island as a failsafe. I don't think it was Woodmore. I don't think Jacob gave Woodmore any instructions on how to deal with with the man in black.
0: Well, but he, like, Widmore knew enough to set up the pylons and whatever. Like, he knew that he had to protect all of the candidates from the man in black. So the fact that he just so quickly turns and he's just like, well, Desmond was my last resort because he resists electromagnetism. And here was, like, you know, whatever. Like, I just, I I agree with, with what Bill said. Like, he just doesn't seem like himself. And I like to think on some level whether, you know, and I know people don't agree with this and I, I understand, like I, I do like to think that, you know, Man in Black might have some sort of mystical hold, because that would definitely explain a little bit of this, because if not, it's just again, Widmore just didn't necessarily believe in the mission as much as he seemed to imply when he agreed to the mission. Yeah,
2: or could yeah, could have been that. Could have been like you know he just wanted to get this conversation over with and get on with what he was doing. And part, you know, part of it was like you know his his you know his longtime rivalry against Ben that might have you know been you know that might have affected his judgment in that moment.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess if if Ben can get kind of turned around so quickly on that promise of getting to rule the island, I guess Charles could just as quickly be turned around by, you know, the, I mean, he always referred to, to Ben as, you know, boy or that boy or whatever. He could just as easily just kind of revert back to the anger of that boy taking his spot and, you know, whatever. So he would kind of do and say whatever, I guess.
1: Why was Whitmore so angry with Zoe trying to talk to Locke, was there something about the mystique of taking over hers? He seemed to really like, hey, 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 you can't talk to him, like almost stopping her, like for really, for what reason? What was the real reason? You know, yeah, because
0: that's actually true. Yeah, because he like he just ended up telling him everything anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah, but he had such an outburst of whoa, whoa, whoa! You can't talk to him, like something's gonna happen if she talks to him.
2: I mean, that could have been the flow of, like, how, like, Whitmore's thinking, like, going into it, and he doesn't want to reveal anything to to Locke. And then, you know, so he tells Zoe to keep quiet. Well, you know, and then Locke kills her. And it's like, okay, well, the only way I'm going to get out of this alive is if I try to cooperate with, you know, with this guy.
1: Right. Okay.
0: Elsewhere, it's night, as Hurley, Sawyer, Kate, and Jack meet Jacob at the fire Hurley starts to communicate but is quickly informed that they can all see and hear Jacob and Kate questions if Jacob wrote all their names on the wall including their recently deceased friends and if that's why those friends died and Jacob apologizes but Kate is uninterested Jacob offers to tell them why they and their friends were chosen he'll tell them how to protect the island because when the fire burns out one of them will have the job Of protecting the island all right Wayne first kind of major Kate moment of this episode other than asking Hurley if he's okay was there a Kate fail that I missed
2: um (laughs) not that I have pointed out (laughs) I mean I I think okay so all of it you know Kate's reaction I think made sense at at this point you know we know, like, you know, Kate, you know, Kate, you know, I mean, they're, they're all angry about the fact that, uh, you know, that their friends died over, over this thing. So, you know, they want to know, like, what, you know, what, what did they die for? Um, you know, okay, who, wait, and wait, wait. Is...
0: Everybody listening right now needs to mark the day and time because Wayne just said something that Kate did makes sense. I never thought I'd actually hear that. We need to mark this down. It took almost the entire series for it to happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I I agree though, but I just I I've, I saw a post from you. Is it a post or a message or something recently about um, the fact that you were listening and you like like to the to the podcast and you you like the fact that even when you're not on try to find the Kate fails in some episodes now.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, every once in a while I'll, I'll listen to like, I'll, I'll be catching up on on the podcast and I, you know, I hear you guys talking, you know, talking about, uh, Oh, oh this, this would be a Kate fail. And I, Wayne would appreciate this. <laughs> so <laughs> uh,
0: so in the flash sideways, Jack is in his office as John visits. And John comments on David looking just like Jack. And again, that goes with like what I was talking about earlier, This whole that whole theory about David being a real character somehow or another and whatever. Um, but John tells him that everything that has happened since the plane ride from Sydney, them meeting, him getting hit by a car, etc., And he mentions that the man who hit him claims to only want John to let go, which is what Jack said as well. Jack is curious what John means by all of this, and John wonders if this uh, has all happened for a reason. Maybe Jack is supposed to fix him. And Jack warns that uh, maybe John is just mistaking coincidence for fate, or fate for coincidence, or whatever, um, but John doesn't really care about the why just that he's ready to try and get out of the chair. And I think I mentioned it maybe in the LAX discussion, but sort of this ongoing story between the two characters in the sideways of, you know, Jack finally seeing, uh, you know, in the the concept of 2004 that, Lock is in a wheelchair, and then offering multiple times to fix him and whatever, and and you know people saying from the very beginning of the series sort of that irony of the two characters clashed so much on the island, and realistically, Locke had a you know spinal problems, Jack being a spinal surgeon, and like even there's the the. Uh, episode. I believe you and I covered it, Wayne, kind of early in, or well, a little later in season one, the one that we couldn't pronounce because it's a Latin phrase. But when uh, he starts to not be able to feel his legs, and Boone says, I'm going to go get Jack. And he says, Jack would not know what's going on with me. When realistically, Jack would be arguably the only person that would know being a spinal surgeon. You know, so just the fact that these two are finally having this conversation, and then on top of it, moving on, and you know, mistaking coincidence for fate, and all of that—it's just so much. Like it ticks almost all of the boxes that us losties want in the, in a scene like this.
2: Yeah, like yeah, all the parallels, but they all the conversations they've had on the island. Yeah,
1: yep, and that's why watching this episode live too, you like. I don't want this to end. I want it to keep going on. You know, I, I, you know the end of the episode's coming, too. It's like anxiety's setting in.
0: So I don't know if, if we've ever really had, like, a full in-depth conversation about it. But, Bill, were you, like, were you part of the forums and, like, Twitter and all of that? Like, when all this was going on? Like, were you interacting big time, with people? Big time.
1: Yeah, big time in season six. Yeah. There were a lot of podcasts going on. Probably about four or five real big podcasts that I listen to. Of course, Jay and Jack and um, uh, Mythos podcast with uh, Axel Foley was great. Um, Heath Solo did a great podcast. Um, Who else? Oh, uh, Adam in Indiana did one called Jacob's Cabin. That was great. Uh, And I mean,
0: obviously, you know, they were kind of reacting to everything sort of in real time. But I'm assuming they were pointing out a lot of this same stuff, right?
1: Oh, yeah. It was total theories, total what's going on, total maybe it's this. And, you know, we had huge chat rooms with, you know, 25, 30, 50 people um, for every podcast. And uh, just it was great. I mean, that was the theories floating back and forth and, you know every night I mean between this episode and the end I think there were like three it was like six hours a night just constant lost It was great
0: see that's one of the things that I kind of regret was that like I was on Twitter and I, I I think I was maybe following like Joe at that point but mm-hmm. I wasn't really like super into the fandom like I didn't really get into the fandom until arguably until the the maybe the first con was announced like I went on Lostpedia so I knew people were obviously caring about this show a lot but I never necessarily like got on to anything because pretty much because I got into the show so late I was a little embarrassed like oh you know I, even though I had watched the first four seasons a bunch of times, I got into it right before season five. So I was like, Oh, I'm not as big a fan as these people. Cause they've been watching since day one. And you know, I didn't whatever. even know
1: about the forums and stuff until season six. I wish I knew. Cause yeah. I that would have been, you know, involved earlier seasons three and four.
0: Yeah. That's like I said, that's one of the things I kind of regret was that I wasn't more into the, the fandom. I mean, I'm, it kind of worked out, you know, because I got to I got to have the same experience as a lot of people that first time in Hawaii of just I don't really know anybody, you know, and then becoming friends with a lot of people that way. And then, you know, I mean, realistically, 10 years later, we're still speculating on a lot of stuff, which is, you know, as we said earlier, it's fantastic. And oh,
1: I just even tonight we're talking about when did when did Ben wake up? Well, you know, it's still this top, you know, you could still converse about it.
0: Yeah. I love it.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Just to go back. We had a conversation the other night with Jack and uh, Caleb about whether, uh, son's boyfriend was murdered or whether he jumped, you know, and it was like legit, like, you know, one way or the other.
0: Yeah, I believe.
1: I digress, uh, sorry.
0: No, no, no. I, 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 <laughs> I agree. I believe when when I don't remember who even was on I I very rarely do I remember specific people that were on the episodes and I I apologize to anybody out there. Um there's just little things like, you know, earlier uh we mentioned the secret or room and it just made me think like, oh, I remember talking about this with Wayne previously. Like there's little kind of bits like that where I'll go, "Oh yeah, that was this person or that person that I discussed, you know, that with on the episode." But I, I think when, when we covered that one on here, I think, uh, we talked about that kind of speculation of, was he pushed? Was he, you know, did, did, uh, son's father hire somebody else or, you know, did he jump or whatever? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's the beauty of lost.
0: All right. Here we go. Big scene back on the Island. Jacob tells our remaining candidates that he brought them to the island because of a mistake, and they call it the monster. Jacob says he made him that way, and ever since, the monster has been trying to kill Jacob. So as backup, Jacob brought all of them here. Sawyer questions why he's being punished for Jacob's mistake, believing that he was doing just fine. But Jacob counters this, saying that none of them were fine. You were all flawed, he says. He claims to have chosen them because they all needed the island just as the island needed them. I'm going to take a moment here before we get into a little more of what he says. I don't quite like this goes along with what uh, I believe Wayne was saying earlier about the fact that not all of Jacob's decisions seem to make sense. Because isn't that a thing with humanity in general? We're all flawed in some sort of way. We all have things. I've talked about it a little bit, um, you know, some things going on like in my personal life, not just recently, but just over the course of years. And I'm assuming we can all uh, agree that there are just certain things that it takes us a long time that we need to learn to let go of certain things. Why did this happened and not that happened. Why, you know, why did, why did the people that we love, you know, get cancer or, you know, why like all of these things. And, you know, eventually we have to realize we're not necessarily going to get closure and we, we have to, as for as unfortunate as it sounds, we have to let go and, you know, move on because the world keeps spinning the clock keeps ticking, whatever. So by that logic, if we're all flawed in that way of we, you know, we could all use a fresh start. We could all, you know, we all need to move on. Why these people? When Jacob says you were all flawed, all humans are flawed. Going by that logic, right?
2: Yeah, it's like Jacob just has his own definition of flawed. I guess. I mean, flawed enough to be like his candidates
1: yeah well that's the question like what came the what came first the chicken or the egg what came first the lighthouse wheel or the flawed people was he watching them before he found out they were flawed or well or- yeah because some of them he
0: visits but like at certain you know like Jack was arguably way flawed before Jacob visits him and gives him that candy bar. He didn't right. even, maybe he, maybe he visited Hurley earlier, but he didn't even really visit Hurley until after Hurley had already been to the Island the first time.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
0: But I just, as I was, as I was, you know, doing this, I was just thinking about the fact that like, you know, we're all flawed. So it kind of, that kind of stuck out to me. Um, and he like i said he claims to have chosen them because they all needed the island just as the island needed them and kate wonders why she was taken off the list which jacob admits was because kate became a mother and again i wrote down does that mean aaron or david because going along with the theory that mentioned earlier and in the past date she would be technically pregnant with david at this point but she can still have the job as protector of the island if she wants um, he's more says, of a
1: guideline than a rule, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and he specifically says, protector of the light. Sawyer says the, about the monster, saying uh, that the monster said there's nothing to protect it from, but Jacob counters that they're protecting it from the monster itself. Jack wonders if they are going to kill the monster, and if it's possible, which Jacob hopes is possible... And Hurley wonders how Jacob's going to pick, but Jacob says he's not going to pick. He's nev- he was never given a choice, but he's giving them that courtesy. And after Kate wonders what happens if no one chooses, uh, Jack decides to offer, uh, claiming that it's what he's supposed to do. Jacob asks if Jack is asking or telling, but Jack is telling He knows this now to be true. He knows now, I don't have this written, I just wanted to say this in particular, he knows now that this is his purpose. And I've mentioned kind of, well, really over the course of the entire podcast, but really season five and season six. Season four, we see him incredibly broken in the flash uh, forwards. Season five, still post-Island, we see him sort of, starting to let go and realize okay he doesn't he 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 can't be in control like he has that moment with Sawyer where he's just like all right Sawyer what's going to happen and Sawyer's like i'm going to sit here and i'm going to read my book and i'm going to plan jack still doesn't quite get that he thinks he's gone back for a purpose he's still trying to figure out what that purpose is he then thinks he's meant to take over uh what daniel uh was doing And then, you know, he realizes that got Juliet killed. And then um, I believe Jake mentioned it a few episodes ago. There's the moment where he's sort of sitting in the Lighthouse episode and like Jacob said and and, or Jacob said, Jake said, and I I agree that that may arguably be the moment where Jack truly decided I'm going to let go and I'm going to let whatever happens happen. And, you know, like he says to Hurley a few times, hey, you're the one in charge. You're the one who says that, you know, you're talking with Jacob. So I'm going to trust you and, you know, all of this stuff. And he does truly let go. And now upon hearing this, I don't think it's a matter of he's like with with Daniel's thing. He thought. This is what I'm supposed to do, or he was just maybe looking for the next thing. I think now, truly deep down, he's gone. So many highs and so many lows, and I think upon hearing this, going along with what Locke told him a very long time ago about, you know, it, the island needs a protector, and you know we're never we're not supposed to leave, and you know seeing how he. F- Feels Without the island, but still having a connection to it, you know, in the the flash forwards and everything else. I think it all culminates sort of into this exact moment where now he's not hoping this is the next thing. He's not wondering if it's the next thing. He is 100% certain this is it. This is what he was always meant to do. This was the goal. This was the reason he crashed on this island. This right here is it. And look at that. I left the guests speechless. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what I think every time that this happens now, you know, like it's, that's what I think is like, it's everything led. I mean, you know, everything always leads to everything else, but I do think truly that everything led to here. And especially upon doing this rewatch, which we've talked about, you know, over the course of the whole podcast for me and and the people that are on it, at least, I think this is kind of the critical thinking rewatch where we kind of, you know, realize, well, why did this character do this? Why did they do that? And we kind of pick apart everything meticulously. I think that all of that, all of everything that he went through. And I'm saying this, as I've said many times, I'm not a big Jack fan but I do think that all of this, everything that he went through, the highs and lows, like I said, it all led to this exact moment for him to be this certain of, here is what it is. Here is what I have to do."
1: I think I knew when he jumped off the boat and the candidate I said, though, that hits him, you know?
0: Yeah, oh, I mean i i I never necessarily had a doubt that it was going to be him. I'm just saying I think this is when he finally realized. Like right. it's you know it's me it's, this is this is it right. you know,
1: mm-hmm.
2: yep. Oh, yeah, like Bill, like you were saying, uh, When he jumped off the boat, like he knew, like Jack knew, he still had a purpose. He just didn't know what it was going to be yet until this moment when when Jacob explained it. Exactly. I just got to say though, like so all those thousands of years, and a, and Jacob never figured out how to kill the man in black. What do you mean? Well, like, you know, at at this point he still doesn't know if they're going to be able to kill the man in black. He he hopes they will. He just doesn't know how how it's, you know, he doesn't know what it's going to take. Uh, He doesn't know, like, you know, it has to do, you know, they have to go down and unplug the the cork thing, and that'll make man in black mortal.
0: Well, okay, so that that leads into an interesting sort of thing, and I talked about this um, in the previous episode with sam and brianna first of all do you guys think that when uh jacob threw man in black down into the thing do you think he was dead before he went into the light or not Hmm. because he cracks his head on that rock
3: right Uh
1: Yeah, because he doesn't really send them down there, right? He just kind of floats down there. Yeah. Off the rock, yeah, yeah. So did, I mean, they knew that the light was there, but did it necessarily necessarily know it was down there?
0: I believe some, I think it was Sam said it in in the thing, that in the commentary to that episode, Damon and Carlton either say flat out or they hint that all of those carvings that we're going to see in the next episode were done after the Across the Sea episode. So somebody, so and like we see other dead bodies down there you know, during the course of the end. So people have gone down there. It's just a matter of when did they die and how were they able to do whatever they were able to do. But Excuse me, what I was getting at more was if Jacob thinks that man in black was alive when he sent him down there, then maybe that's why he isn't quite sure of how to kill the the smoke monster or the man in black or whatever you want to call him. Because he may think, well, if I go down there, then I'll die.
1: Right. You know, but wasn't mother? Uh a little smoky yourself or how did she kill that whole tribe?
2: Trust
0: me.
1: That was a, that was a question
0: that we talked about. I mean, we never real in that episode. And again, it was, you know, uh, three different people with three different perspectives, just like we're four different people with four different perspectives here, but we never necessarily quite landed on an answer, but let's, let's discuss that very briefly. What do you guys think?
2: (laughs) Go ahead, Wayne. (laughs) Um, I, I, I tend to change my theory about that every time I think about it. Um, I don't think... Let's see. Okay, I, I don't think Mother was a smoke monster. Um, Because otherwise... Otherwise, she couldn't have been killed so easily. And I think well, the... the reason she was able to kill all those people in the village was just I think she just I think she had powers that were that were never actually like explicitly stated that the protector of the island has so so I think in you know if we go if we go with this theory Jacob also has the same powers like he could Jacob could kill everyone on the island if he really wanted to and so I think that's that's just kind of power that come with being protector of the island. So that's how that's how Mother was able to kill all those people.
0: I don't disagree with that part. The part I will counter with that is if she was a smoke monster, she wouldn't necessarily be able to be killed. That's what you or killed as easily, right? That's what you said. But Jacob is the protector and he was easily killed by a mort by yeah, by a mortal person meaning Ben man in black couldn't kill him arguably because if mother was both the protector and a smoke monster or some sort of, you know, whatever. And I don't just mean Island protector powers. Like you were just talking. i if she was some sort of um, supernatural type being like smoke, let's just say smoke monster for argument's sake. If she was both, then she would have, the properties of both of them or some properties of one and some properties of the other, meaning from the Jacob half of things, she would be able to be killed by a mortal person, which would be man in black, but she would also have the powers of the smoke monster because by that, by that argument, man in black and Jacob are two halves of a whole whereas mother was that whole being.
1: Right, but in order to kill man in black, you have to stab him first without letting him speak with the knife, right? Is that how it goes with Saeed and That's and Tri- what they say. I don't think that's the case. Well, how now. Did, how did mother get killed? She got killed without her being able to speak by uh MIB Jr. So
0: <laughs> I mean, I just I just think it was just a matter of because like, I think it was just kind of like Jacob, right? Like Jacob in theory, can't throw himself off a cliff, Mm -hmm. right? He has to be killed. I think, I I mean, I, I like what you're saying. I never thought about it from that perspective. I think it was just a matter of she could be like, she lived forever until someone killed her. And it just so happened that man in black got the drop on her and killed her. I never, I up until this very moment,
1: without her being able to speak by the rules.
0: Yeah. Oh, I Um, never thought about that until this very moment when you just said it. I like it, but.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's assuming that Dogen was even right. I mean, we we don't know. Like, you know, he could have been conned himself. True.
0: Yeah, that's because that's what I always thought. I always thought it was just them because with with regards to that with Dogen Dogen didn't care if I I think from Dogen's point of view with Saeed if he I like either way sort of the monster was going to kill him anyway right so if he stabbed him if he stabbed Locke that would give a reason for him to die and if not then it was, he's no longer a candidate. The monster could just kill him anyway. This would just be like a legitimate reason. Dogen didn't send him off to his death. He did something to cause the death sort of thing.
1: Okay. <clears throat> so going back, circling back, how did that whole village get wiped out? Was that Jacob's doing? It was that mother. Uh, yeah. Help. <laughs> I I don't
0: like I said I don't know I think it's I mean I could agree with what Wayne personally and you know we could discuss it I, I, I think that I agree with what Wayne said or I could agree with what Wayne said with the protector might just have powers because mm-hmm. like when Jacob and, and Richard fight on the beach Jacob has some strength and we know in real life like Mark Pellegrino knows like karate or kung fu or something you know so like that could have just been And, you know, the fact that Richard was weak and whatever, that could have easily just been that. But it also could have just been he has power just as, you know, island protector superpowers. But I could also understand where some people think that Mother had not just powers because she's the protector, but because she had a little something on the on the smoky side, as you said before, Bill. Yep, right.
1: (laughs) So what do you think, uh, well, that's another, we'll have a conversation later about, I mean, they talk about a reboot for the series. Could we see more backstories? Could we see, like, they're not going to do a total um, reboot where it's the same characters, you know, played by different actors. But could they explain more about what, could they go further back than Mother? Could it be more about Dharmaville?
0: I wouldn't be interested in anything I've always said um, I'm a I'm a fan of the well they called it a reimagining of Mm -hmm. Battlestar Galactica right Mm -hmm. they took they took you know the character names and some of the the basic stories from the 1970s show and updated it. A lot of the story is different. It's most of it's just character names and a few things like they have, you know, they use a lot of like the Greek and Roman gods and things like that, as opposed to a singular God and things like that. I would be more interested in something like that kind mm-hmm. of a, a, whether they use the characters of Jack and Kate and Sawyer or whatever, um, but I don't want
1: to do that. Yeah.
0: But I would. I would just be more interested in, basically saying the original lost stands on its own mm-hmm. and this new one has absolutely nothing to do with it right. whether it's i mean character names aside just like i don't want it to be i don't want it to be about aaron and Gion and Walt and all uh-huh. that like people say they want that some people say they want you know the the you know dharma years or the missing 3 years that you know Sawyer and his team spent with Dharma or they want to know like history of the you know who built like the statue and the you know carved all the things in the island I personally I don't want any of that stuff because for me I kind of like the whole thing of we didn't get some of those answers we get to speculate we get to sort of fill that in on mm-hmm. our own if it were me I would just want a complete like I said, character names, I, I can understand if they needed to use the character names for whatever reason, but I would just want a just complete reboot, literally just plane crashes on a mysterious island. Maybe there's a smoke monster and, you know, whatever they could they could find a hatch. They could fi- like all of the same stuff. They could go through pretty much all the same stuff. I'd be fine with it and maybe use like, um, you know, in. Ten years or whatever. If they, if, you know, say if they did it within a few years, maybe have um, um, Michael Emerson be a Charles Widmore type character because I think that would be sort of funny, you know, well, just like think,
1: a. Yeah, I would see. it My dream is to see that. See, but I would, I would want to go back because the question in that season, that episode was, or was it Abbot Where it was like one question leads to another question, and I want to go that way. I want to go back. I want to see because I don't think there was only one smoke monster. So, I mean, there had to be more than one. And I would like to go back. I would like to see where the statue was built. I'd like to see when the Egyptians were there. And then you could have the flash forwards to an old Ben, maybe, you know, I I mean,
0: I don't, I don't disagree. My thought, and I I actually said it in the, across the sea thing. Like it's, to me, it's part of, you know, uh, the whole concept of we all need to let go and move on and realize we're, we're not going to get all the answers. Like I said earlier, that that just happens in life, but I, I always think of it and I compared it. I know you guys, I mean, Bill being a New York person, I know you probably have a, a Dislike for the show Friends, but I'm u- I'm going to use it as the example here. Something
1: I never watched. Yep. But go okay. ahead.
0: Okay. But well, it's, it's funny because a lot of like New York people don't like it because it's very inaccurate, and I get it. But you know, I, I grew up watching it. But I'm just the example I'm going to use is that show ten years, and it's kind of just this window into the lives of those people. At Mm -hmm. that time, you know, we see some flashbacks of what happened to them, like in college and, you know, whatever. But for the most part, in the very last episode, you know, they have their kid, you know, some of them have kids and things like that. And they're all going to just go and get a, you know, a cup of coffee again together and whatever. And they are, I like to think they're all still friends, you know, all these years later or whatever. But realistically, we got a window into their lives right we got to see 10 years of their lives from their 20s into their 30s when you know your friends or your family into them kind of developing their own families and i like to think lost is the same way we got just a window of certain times on the island and it starts with mother and it ends with oh, i agree you know whatever because i, I mean you I, don't, say, I don't want to repeat
1: i don't want to repeat the whole and i'm sorry i, I i've digressed here and i, I i've apologized, but. It, you know, like the movie Groundhog Day when Bill Murray tries to recreate the whole romance and it just doesn't work, you know? Yeah. So it's going to be one of those deals. And, you know, but I'd rather just have a different story. I don't want re- to reboot. I want a different story. I want to go back further. Well,
0: see, my only issue with going back, like you said, with, you know, because uh, uh, Mother says, you know, uh, every qu- every answer will just lead to another question. Right. How far back do you go? Do you go back to... I mean, you know, taking our own personal religious beliefs out of all of this. I'm just going to use this as an example. Do you go back to the Big Bang? Do you go back to, you know, whether it's evolution or, you know, God or whatever, creating all the things? Like, how far back do you go? Because realistically, like I said, I think that was the kind of the writers telling us this is the best you're going to get.
1: Mm hmm.
2: Right. When you say beginning you mean beginning. Yeah,
0: exactly.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's going away it. <laughs>
0: you know, and that's and I mean yeah. but that that line is is true like how I mean I like I said there are certain things and I don't just mean the outrigger scene or anything like that but like there are certain things that I would like to know, you know, like kind of what happened in those three years while sawyer and his team were in dharma i wouldn't mind knowing where you know who built the statue when did jacob live there did he ever really live in the cabin you know all of that sort of stuff but i personally i think it's more fun to have the conversations with you guys as opposed to getting answers especially answers that aren't actually from damon and carlton And they just don't live up because like, for me, that's one of the reasons I didn't end up liking Abiterno was because I kind of built it up in my own mind and didn't necessarily like what the reality was. And I don't necessarily want that to happen with some of the other questions that we all still have.
1: Right. And it'll, it'll take three things to be successful. It'll take the two things that are, are, you know, static if you would say is jikino number 2 would be location has to be hawaii has to be the same scenery and 3 is the dynamic part where what what's the story you know yeah and that'll that'll decide whether it's successful or not but the like first said- two
0: you need, you need the first two Like I said, to me, that's why I'd much rather just because if it was, like I said, if it was a sequel with, you know, their kids or just a new group of people and, you know, maybe Hurley is the protector, I I don't necessarily want that because that's continuing Damon and Carlton's story, which I don't necessarily want if it was a reboot where i can still have lost and it completely exists exactly the way i remembered it from beginning middle and end that's fine and then this other thing sort of exists and if i want if i like it fine if not i can just pretend it doesn't exist
1: and that's what i think most lost fans want they want the first two which is soundtrack and location and then if you can if you can make the third work it's a it's it's a hit
0: yeah I mean, we'll see it's, I mean, both what Damon and Carlton have both said it's probably going to happen because of Disney, but,
1: but would G Keno do it? I, I don't know about that. I mean, he's way beyond that now. I don't think he would do it. Nope. I think if,
0: I think if Damon and Carlton or some, maybe somebody that worked with them, you know, cause there were other writers, of course, we know it wasn't I just it those it two. realize
1: that that's what they need that. I mean, that's huge. Yeah. That live live orchestra. Not live, but the orchestra.
0: Yeah. All right. Where were we here?
1: I digress.
0: Okay. Moments later, Jacob leads Jack and the rest of them, actually, to a stream. And Jack and Jacob are more alone. Sawyer jokes about Jack having already had a God complex. And Hurley jokes that he's just glad it isn't him. And, of course, in hindsight, we all laugh at that, too.
2: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Jacob asks Jack if he remembers the bamboo where he awoke uh, when he first got there. Jack does. Jacob says that not far from there is the heart of the island where the monster is trying to go. And Jack counters that nothing is there, but Jacob assures him that it's there and now he'll be able to find it. Jacob gets a cup and begins saying the phrase that Mother used, which, according to Lostpedia, translates to, quote, Because we don't accept this as a simple potion, but so that he shall be as one with me, I wonder, that happened so quick with Mother and Jacob. And he was kind of just like, what's going on? You didn't even want this to be me, whatever. How did he remember that after all of these years?
3: (laughs) (laughs) I never knew that's what that meant.
2: Yeah, me neither. (laughs)
0: Jacob fills the cup with water from the stream and, and gives it to Jack to drink. Uh, Jack asks how long he'll have the job. And Jacob tells him as long as he can. And after Jack drinks, Jacob says the simple words, now you're like me.
2: Of course, how long is he going to have to do it? Uh, about half a day. Yeah, really.
1: <laughs> big, Big commitment there, Jack, yeah going back can you if you put on closed captioning can you hear what jacob says or because i was thinking that last night when i was watching it or is he just like whispering gibberish
0: i think he just whispers the latin phrase i i'm not gonna lie i immediately went to lostpedia just to see because there are people with far more time and energy than i have to like actually deduct all of that and then i'll just take it from
1: there (laughs) right yeah because i don't know if it was some kind of spell or something I don't know what
0: well Wayne you're a Lostpedia editor how like I mean a lot of time and everything goes into that right
2: Uh, well I mean people who do stuff like this I mean they have way more time than I ever did when I was doing Lostpedia Hmm. I would would, like just focus on one area which is you know usually had something to do with a timeline but yeah stuff like transcribing stuff or looking up information like yeah, yeah I just never had time for that
0: yeah, I, I could. not Like I said, I, I'd much rather just go and read what they, you know, what somebody else figured out after the fact, and then I'll just put it in my notes.
1: <laughs> At my age, close captioning is my new best friend. So.
0: <laughs> oh, I know a lot of people who, who watch a lot. And I mean... You know, a lot of the like Kevin actually. I think he watches almost everything with closed captioning. Yeah, on.
1: no, I, I have to because uh, I just, like I said, I tend to wander into the background of scenes, and I just really have to. I just lose dialogue totally.
0: I just always feel like I, I, I can't. I'm not going to focus on one thing. If I'm going to focus, I'm going to focus more on reading because maybe I'll see something that, are, you know maybe i'll notice that they said something that i never necessarily noticed before but then i'll be like oh wait but i wasn't watching like the facial cues that they did like the actual acting that they that the, that the people did you know that's all, that's just my fear
1: oh yeah well i watched parasite but i digress continue <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, In the flash, sideways, Sawyer is getting ready to ship Saeed, Kate, and Desmond off to county prison. Kate wants to be let go because Sawyer believes that she's innocent, but Sawyer doesn't really care. He's still a cop. And sometime later, the three prisoners are in the back of a van as Desmond mentions it's time to leave. And Kate wonders what Desmond is talking about and who he is. Saeed says that Desmond is crazy and turns himself in, or turned himself in, and Desmond admits that he ran over a guy in a wheelchair, but still asks if they want to leave. He says the driver knows where to stop, but Desmond just wants their trust, and after being set free, he's going to ask them to do something, and they have to promise that they'll do it. They both agree, not having any clue what he's talking about, and the van stops as Ana Lucia opens the door. Uh, asks which one is Desmond, and asks where the money is. Hurley then arrives and casually name-checks Ana Lucia, but she doesn't recognize him. He gives her the money, as Desmond mentions that Ana Lucia isn't ready yet. Hurley informs Desmond that he brought a car for the escape. Desmond double-checks that Hurley knows where he's taking Said, which he does, and Kate, on the other hand, is going with Desmond to a concert. I like the reappearance of Ana Lucia.
2: So I guess she would be an example of like someone who's who's real and is just like kind of in the uh, the main people's flash sideways but was never meant to move on with them.
0: Yeah, maybe uh Like I said a, the I mean the problem I mean cuz even going with with kind of bills theory which I I don't I don't dislike about you know this is jack's flash sideways flash afterlife whatever you want to call it but then my issue becomes well why are we focusing on all of this you know
2: yeah
0: and then we get to our final scene back on the island still at night uh Ben asks Locke as they're walking through the jungle why Locke chooses to walk instead of just kind of smoking around the the whole place. But Locke claims to like to feel his feet on the ground and it reminds him of being human. They then arrive at the well with Locke informing Ben that this is where he threw Desmond. And Locke also says that he sent Saeed to kill uh, Desmond, which Saeed didn't do. Ben comments that someone helped Desmond out, but Locke counters that he was the one who was actually helped out. And Locke then informs Ben that, to Jacob, Desmond was the fail-safe. If all the candidates died, Desmond was a last-ditch effort to stop Smokey from leaving. And Locke is happy, because when he finds Desmond, he's going to get Desmond to help him finally destroy the island. And that is my very last note.
1: Dun-dun-dun. <laughs>
2: you know i i actually um going into the season for the first time i actually theorized that the island was going to get destroyed in the in the finale and so like when when i heard that line i was i was kind of like ooh i'm going to be right yeah. uh, i mean
1: some of it did right the, those cliffs were like shearing off at the end they were going down yeah so partially uh, destroyed
0: yeah but yeah that is uh that's the final, arguably full, uh, mm-hmm. last episode of the show. Of course, before we get into the super mm-hmm. mega finale, and then you know the brief little epilogue.
1: Amazing. What do, what do amazing. we think, guys? Amazing, amazing.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I just remember being super excited. Um, did this? I I think this episode aired like a couple of weeks before the finale, we, we had had at least two weeks,
1: at least two weeks, I think.
2: Yeah.
1: And I think, uh, Desmond and Carlton had, uh, something going on in New York city where they gave an interview, uh, some kind of panel. There was just so much going on. I mean, like it was every day, like I said, with the podcast and, um, they had some stuff coming out. It was just amazing. Amazing period. Yeah.
3: So, that um, interview with Damon and Carlton happened when I was on a work trip. They showed it in the theater live that night. And, that's, that's and it was the night. Was yep. two, yeah. And night we were supposed to do our social thing for the conference I was going to, and I um totally snuck out through the lobby past those people to the theater.
1: Nice playing <laughs> so hooky, nice
3: Carlton thing instead. It was great.
1: Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a lot a lot of excitement. Good times.
0: See, like I said, for me, um, especially with what I was doing with season six at the time, because I was, um, I was mostly going, uh, my one cousin lives up the the road from, well, where I was living at the time. And I would go up to her house because I didn't really have, uh, I couldn't really get the the channel in my apartment that I had at the time, so I was going up there and and watching it. And she enjoyed the show, not nearly as much as I did, but, you know, her and her fiancé were watching, and, you know, some of their kids were watching as well. And, you know, we knew we were going to be planning a big, I say finale party. It was really just all of us, and, like, we got some food. But um, what I was doing a lot was uh, I would... Watch maybe two or three episodes right be- that happened right before this. So, like, I would have probably watched, you know, Across the Sea right before this one. And, you know, then uh, the day of the finale, I might have watched the last like three or four leading up to this. And, like I said, sort of at the beginning of this, to me, this episode always just in my mind just bleeds right into the finale, mostly because. There is like like Bill just said that dun 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 moment where I just want to just get right to the finale as the the very next thing you know what I mean like I don't I don't want to wait like a week or two weeks or whatever you know it's like let me get to it what happens <laughs>
2: <laughs> well you know funny thing is like I just now remembered like after this episode like cause, you know because there was so much happening in this in just this one episode I think it wasn't until the next day that I thought, like, wait a second, does this mean Richard's dead? (laughs) We saw the smoke monster just kind of shove him into the jungle, and we never saw him again.
0: Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, uh, you know, uh, people thought for a little bit that Richard and Ben and Miles were um, just going to be gone. Uh, I don't remember if it was, I don't remember who it was, but somebody said about the fact that, you know, they were just they were named or not named in the list of candidates. And then those three in particular sort of just went off on their own. And so it was just like, okay, well they're clearly not going to make it to the end because they're not, you know, deemed as important as Jack and Kate and Sawyer and Hurley, you know?
2: Yeah. I remember thinking that too. But yeah. And like the last, the last I saw miles in this episode. Like, you know, he just, he just kind of ran off. He's like, I, good luck with that and then you know we, we were like wondering you know, where's he running off to is he gonna survive um i actually <laughs> i think miles i mean of all the characters in, in this like miles is probably one that i, I could personally relate to the most because it's like yeah if I, if I was like actually a character on the island i i wouldn't want to have anything to do with any of this you know any of this like you know ben Whitmore, jacob man in black and you know i would just want to do whatever I can to survive. So that, you know, I can totally understand miles mindset.
1: And you'd have the best lines too.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, see, it's funny because like, I mentioned this a few episodes ago, the fact that like Sawyer is constantly just like, I want to leave. I want to leave. I want to leave. And I said, I find it interesting because on one hand he didn't have, you know, like, You know, Jack and Kate and Hurley and all of them went back to the island. And Sawyer is mad because he's like, why would you come back here? He's like, you basically, you know, you you got to leave. You got to do the thing that we all wanted to do. Why on earth would you come back here? And that's, I think, uh, really a big motivation for him for why he wants to leave is because he's never had that opportunity. But it's like I don't think he realizes they all came back. Like clearly whatever was out there in the real world wasn't necessarily working. And you would think for him, he has spent more time on the Island than all of them because he had those three years in Dharma. He's literally traveled through time. He has seen a lot of how special this Island is. So it kind of, it kind of makes me chuckle like that. He doesn't or that, you know, he's so adamant about leaving and miles in a similar sense where like, I get, you know, he want like miles wants to survive. I totally understand that. But miles, like you just said, Wayne is kind of like, I don't want to get mixed up in any of this. And I, I sometimes question like why he's seen how great and powerful and magnificent some of these things are. Why doesn't he just kind of give into it after a certain point?
2: Well, just because like it just comes with a huge price. I mean, you know, I mean, from from his point of view, was like you know, in order to you know to get you know to you know to get you know to immerse himself in everything the island has to offer. Well, there's all these other people who are who want different things, and you know they're on different sides. You know, the good versus evil, or you know, light versus dark. And you know, I think that's. I mean, it's basically he's just in the middle of this this war that's been going on for like you know way longer than than he than he could ever 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 imagine and you know I think um I mean I'm not even convinced that Miles really had had that much that much exposure to to the island's powers and I mean it's just that's just, he's just not that kind of person to begin with I mean you know he's you know he had this ability to you know, to he hear dead people's thoughts and like what does he do he just uses it for financial gain so it's just he's just not that kind of person who would just embrace you know the, the mystical or you know anything that's beyond you know his his immediate reality
0: but then again the argument can be made that the island perhaps gave him those powers
2: i would yeah i would say that's probably true i mean i have you know i have my own Theory that I came up with on the, on that, but it's even then. If if Miles were to accept that that's you know that the island gave him the, those powers, well, I don't know. I mean, I mean, you know, like I was saying, the only thing that you know that he was ever able to do with it before coming to the you know before returning to the, to the island was you know just to use it you know for his for his own gain, and once he came to the island on the freighter, it's like you know he just ended up. I did, I think Miles just kind of got overwhelmed. Um, Like, he just, he wasn't expecting, like, all this, all the stuff that ended up happening, you know, like, afraid of people, like, you know, massacring all these people on the island and getting mixed up in, you know, the Ben and Widmore's War. Um, I think it was just, like, for Miles, it was just too much too fast, and he just didn't want to have anything to do with that after a while.
0: See, that I like. I mean, I don't like that in terms of like, I I would like to think he's a stronger character than that. But then again, we all kind of fault, like falter in that way. So I I like that from a storytelling perspective that he was just overwhelmed.
2: Yeah.
0: And speaking of being overwhelmed, we talked about quite a lot in this episode. We were, uh, we, you know, we covered stuff from episodes past and, you know, Got into some stuff that's going to happen in the end, but do we have anything else right now in regards to what they died for?
2: No. <laughs> one minor little comment uh, about uh, Jacob um, about the the conversation around the campfire. Um, about jacob saying like you know i, br- I brought you here I didn't, I didn't pluck any of you out of a happy existence um you were you were all alone and you know that kind of got me thinking well oh, that explains why so many single people survived the crash because they didn't have anybody else in the real world
0: <laughs> that's funny uh but if we don't have anything else do we uh do you guys want to let them know where they can reach you all across the internet, because again, we talked about a lot, if they want to talk theories with you, debate with you, congratulate you guys, because they have the same thought, where can they reach you guys all across the internet?
1: Oh, I'm uh, Bill Cover on Twitter, it's K-A-H-V-A, phonetically speaking, and uh, just uh, regular Bill Cavra on Facebook and Instagram.
2: Uh, on Twitter, um, I'm at Cellebox, Celebok C E L E B O K, and uh, also known as Lost Wayne, aka the guy. I've also got a Facebook page called Lost Wayne, aka the guy, so you can just search for that. Um, I have a YouTube channel that's not that, that's not so much Lost related. Uh, I just talk about other stuff like my uh, like personality types, but that's also um, uh, the same alias Cellebox, Celebok C E L E B O K, and uh, yeah, I'm uh don't, don't search for me on instagram that's like a that's that's like a, a hacked account so <laughs>
3: <laughs> i'm mrs sellabock on twitter i am hardly get on there but who knows maybe if you send me a tweet i will log in and read
0: it. <laughs> i liked when you changed your name to that by the way
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome
0: For more on me, your voice of choice, check me out on Twitter and Instagram at jpgrb. You can follow my second Instagram at jpcs.pics. I use it to post pictures and daily things going on in my life. Mostly food. A lot of food going on there. Uh, for more on all of us, you can check out Clock Shelves on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at Clockshelves, that's C-L-O-C-K-S-H-E-L-V-E-S. For archives of this podcast and all our other podcasts, they are available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please leave a review and some star ratings. We love that sort of thing around here. You probably got this early on Patreon. We have different tiers over there with different things to unlock at each tier. That's where you can go Throw some dough if you choose to do so, and if you've missed any of the stuff I said here, all information and links can easily be found on Clockshelves.com. That's the hub for everything. Clockshelves.com. That's C L O C K S H E L V E S dot C O M. But uh, until the next time, until the the final episode, the end, I will uh, yeah, I will end this one with the traditional. Thank you, namaste, and good luck.
3: Namaste.
1: Namaste. Namaste. So I got a funny story. Anyway, so anyway, I went to uh, New York Comic Con probably three years ago, and I found the lunchbox the uh, uh, new kids on the block lunchbox that uh, Kate was stealing as a child, and that's when Jacob touched her and everything.
0: Oh, don't so, say it like that.
1: I'm sorry. Oh, that was inappropriate. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so,
1: so I had I had Katie with me. This is yeah. She was like eight or nine at the time, and I brought Katie with me, and uh, we brought the lunchbox to Evangeline Lily to sign. And she's like, she had no idea what the lunchbox was. Like, she had no idea why she was signing it. And then I'm like, well, yeah, you were probably too young to remember. You were only a kid when you had this lunchbox. (laughs) She was never in the scene. She never probably saw the scene if she didn't watch the show. So she had no idea what the lunchbox meant. (laughs) That's kind of sad.
3: Used for their um, time capsule
1: exactly the, the she yeah she stole it from you know the store and that's when jacob you know yeah. did that for the first time but she had no idea why i was asking to sign this lunchbox <laughs> well no but
0: actually but no tracy's right because in the in the present with mm-hmm. adult tom and adult kate they mm-hmm. so evangeline lily did have a scene with the lunchbox but it's just sad that she doesn't remember
1: Oh, you know. yeah, oh yeah did you no, explain I- it to her I did. I said, you were probably too young to remember because you're only
2: about eight or nine when, you know... <laughs> so. So.